Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And Pearl Jam with Bax and Nagel, except no Nagel today. Marty Caproni is sitting in. It's good to have you. Good to be here, Bax. Sorry that we're Nagel-less. That's all right. We'll get but. we'll get through it. The only tough part is I have to uh, I have to manage a newscast. That's the only. Oh yeah, you got to do double duty, right? You're the. I, uh... I got more agitation and anxiety <laughs> about doing news than filling in four and a half hours of nonsense. <laughs> we uh, we had a we had a uh, a go of it when you were uh, when you were out. Uh, Steve was running the big board over there, and uh, that was his anxiety. So <laughs> I'm glad that I'm uh, over here uh, doing nothing uh, as you. So. But nothing is something, so I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for having me. Lots of stuff to talk about uh, coming up later on this morning. It's 536 with Bax and Nagel and Steve Mullen. Bax and Caproni and Rock 102. <laughs> Let's go while we're young. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 555 with Bax and Marty <laughs> on Rock 102. Good to have you, by the way. Thanks, it's good thanks to for, be here. for filling it's, in. It's good to be here. It's uh, it's uh, unique being, uh, being on the air. I was telling you... Uh, after being on for a week with Steve, you really get the idea of how far the reach is uh, here. <laughs> you know, just walking into places and yeah. uh, people, I recognize your voice. Where are you from? And it's like, oh, I was on 102 this morning. Oh, my God. Oh, blah, Caproni, blah, blah. Caproni. Yeah. Where, have I, where have I seen that before? Yeah, and comical, too, because uh, between the comedy club and the shows I was doing, I was telling you, I just keep seeing people showing up with Rock 102 shirts and everything else. It's uh, quite the <laughs> listener base that you have compared to... When you just do like a, an appearance, yeah. You know? Well, I, I do want to talk about the club because there's uh, some. Sure. I mean, yeah. it's it's underway. It's going on. It's got some good people coming in. Real good people coming in. Real good. Yeah. We just uh, secured Michael Rappaport. Awesome for for June, which is uh, that's a big one. So he'll be there. Uh, I think it's like June 11th or 17th. It's a Sunday. Uh, Emo Phillips. We were talking about Emo. So Emo Phillips is absolutely true. Is the very first interview. I had ever done not just celebrity interview the first interview in I'd, radio I, in radio I did it in in, uh, in college jeez and uh, nobody wanted to do the interview and I'm going oh my god what do you think? I'll do it yeah 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 so I set up a I set up like a reel to reel tape machine I had a phone <laughs> it the sound quality was god awful but <laughs> he was my first interview because he was going to be- perform that night in in, uh, in Mil- on on Marquette and he was freaking genius yeah he's a brilliant guy he's he's weird i guess by yeah. all accounts i don't know how that interview went or it was totally weird and bizarre like you'd expect yeah but, but yeah. i mean yeah he's a he's a odd duck yeah but he's got some of the most amazing material he is anywhere yeah he, I, he's the first comedy tape that i ever had in my possession someone let me borrow it i think my older brother or something let me borrow it <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember I almost wore the tape out because he had one bit about pushing a kid on the swings, his nephew on the swings. And he's like, push me harder, Uncle Emo, push me. And then he, the big line is he goes, and I backed up the Buick. And <laughs> that's when I realized I was probably a comedian because it was the visual of this guy just pulling back a car to smash into his kid uh, you know, on the, on the swing set. It made me laugh. It was this terrible <laughs> visual, but it made me howl with laughter. And I... I could not get enough of it. So, uh, you know, I work with the the guys from the Comedy Connection. They're my partners in Loft. And when they called and said, do you think Emo Phillips would sell? And I said, I have no idea. I don't know because I don't know the last time he's been in the market, let alone tour. Yeah. I said, but I would love to get him just for the fact that I had that tape when I was a kid. So, Did you, did you know he's married to Judy Tenuta at one point? 
No, but what yeah. a weird couple that must have been. Can, you, can you imagine that dinner table? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's that's a new level of awkward. I can't even imagine that wedding. Uh, but, um, yeah, so he's coming in May. He's coming uh, Wednesday. I think it's like maybe like May. That might be May 17th or something like that. Uh, we got him. We got Mary uh, Lynn Ratchkub, uh, the one who's um, 24 yeah. with Kiefer Sutherland. She's we also- had her in here uh, like two or three years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Very nice lady. I heard she's very nice. I heard she's very, very funny. Uh, she's coming uh, in May. Uh, next weekend, we have Josh Potter, who is on Tom Segura's podcast. Tom Segura is one of the hottest comics in the country. Yeah. He has a podcast called Your Mom's House. So Josh is a regular on that. So he's coming next weekend. This weekend we have Shane Moss. Uh, it's 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 really cool. It's it's really becoming something. That's awesome. You know? We'll talk more about the club and some other stuff yeah, too sure. with Marty Caproni. It's five fifty nine with Bax and Marty and Rock One Two. <laughs> have you ex- print big for details? This is your sign to try Staples, where your prints are perfect, guaranteed. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, with Scott's four-step, four easy steps to an awesome lawn. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As some of you might know, tomorrow is the opening round of the Masters Championship at Augusta. Are you kidding me? Everybody's crazy about the Masters. Perhaps not crazy enough to rip down streetlights and set things on fire like a bunch of drunken UConn students, but crazy enough. How crazy? Plenty crazy. Did you realize that there are people in this country who are under the delusional impression that in spite of a full field of youthful and talented young professional golfers, that Tiger Woods has got a snowball's chance in hell of winning again? Well, he doesn't. But you wouldn't know that if you followed the guy around for five or six minutes while he's being badgered by a bunch of cockamamie questions from the press. Yesterday during a press conference, Tiger was asked uh, to entertain the nonsense from reporters who are asking him about his chances of winning. And according to Tiger, quote, I don't know how many more I have in me. Folks, the man has showed up to the Masters 25 times. He's 47 years old. His body is in shambles. He's already won the thing five damn times. I'm almost 10 years older than the guy. I'm not sure how much I've got left in me. I can tell you what I don't have, a desire to walk around in a green jacket. Six of them. The truth is the jacket wasn't that much to look at when Tiger was still in his 20s, and he ain't filling it out any better today. When I was 20, I owned a pair of parachute pants that I got from Chess King. How many did I have? I had one, and I stopped wearing it because it looked stupid. You really think that a 47-year-old man with the shattered knees and a fused-up spine wants to wear another green jacket in his lifetime? Of course he doesn't. What the guy really needs to wear is a medic alert bracelet and a seatbelt. That way, when he crashes his car into another mailbox, he won't have to use one of his five green jackets to bandage up the wounds. I think what I'm trying to tell you is here is that Tiger makes the cut. But that might be good enough, because he's certainly not going to win the damn thing. But hey, and if my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Got a spring painting project? Rocky's, Rocky's has got painting advisors in every single store. They got an eye for color. They share tips and tricks and advice. You're not, and you're not on your own. Plus, Benjamin Moore paints cabinet stains. Got paint? See the paint advisors at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic, classic. Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 612 and Van Halen with uh, Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Steve is off today and tomorrow. Marty Caproni is uh, filling in. It's Happy good to, to have be you. here. It's going to be uh, cloudy today and a chance of showers 
with a high of 51. Tonight, uh, some late-night thunderstorms. Tomorrow, though, cloudy with afternoon rain and a high of 74. It's uh, 49 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. So tell me what's been, uh, what's been going on with you. Uh, you know, it's been uh, the, the typical, just a bunch of uh, weird gigs all over the place. Yeah. Uh, from, uh, you know, I, the last time I was here, I was plugging into shows with uh, Lenny at Mohegan Sun. And then uh, from then, I've just been doing a, a wide variety of bizarre shows uh, all over the place. Private gigs, uh, wacky ones. But I just booked uh, next month. I'm going to the Bahamas for two weeks. No kidding. Yeah. So if any listeners happen to be down at the Atlantis Resort from May 8th to May 20th or 21st, I will be at the uh, Atlantis Resort trying to tell jokes to people who are sunburned. Now, when you uh, when you do those kinds of those kinds yeah. of gigs, you know, at a hotel or a or a cruise ship. Yep. Um, it's almost. I mean, maybe the crowd. Maybe I get this. You get this all wrong. It's almost like the crowd is not really there for the comedy show. Yes, they're there just to get out of the sun. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, there, there's a few uh, gigs in this that when you get the gig, you already know how bad it's going to be. Uh, golf tournament, that's a great one. Like, yeah. Whatever anyone says, well, how much do you charge to do a show? I say, well, what's the show? Well, it's the it's a charity golf tournament. You'll perform after the after the. Oh well, my price just doubled because I don't want to be miserable, and I don't think I've ever succeeded at a golf at a golf tournament show um, because everyone is sunburned. They're drunk, they're sweaty, they're yeah. miserable. You know, they've done golf, they have a migraine, and then you're like, "Yeah, here's some great jokes for an hour." Yeah, it's uh, it sucks. And I I've been told that this gig that I'm doing down in Atlantis is going to be like that. It's just a lot of sunburned people who are miserable, staying out of the sun. That's it. Yeah. So see, I've I've uh, I, whenever I see an event that says uh, local comedians or uh, yeah. uh, local entertainment. I'm already setting myself up for some level of disappointment. Sure, yeah. It's like it, it's like the, you have expectations. Oh, this is going to be a great event. We're going to raise money for a charity or whatever. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can hear you know, you know mice urinate on cotton from a mile away. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a dead zone when that happens. Yeah, it's it, you know, I mean, we we're, we're fortunate. We have we have some good kids that we've developed over the last you know six, seven years here in Western Mass. Comparative to like when I started, it was basically me, Steve Nagel, and Pat Oates. Those are the three <laughs> names that you pretty much had around. There was Roddy Thomas and, and Bob Montgomery. There's a few guys that were around, but there really wasn't uh, a scene, you know what I yeah. mean? So uh, you would have been pretty accurate if that was uh, <laughs> if that was the case back then. It's been it's been a little bit better now, but yeah, you don't want to set yourself up for uh, for, fa- <laughs> for failure <laughs> by, by being like, oh yeah, oh, it's local guys. Oh, this yeah. is gonna be great uh, at the at the club and in the it's the Loft Comedy yeah. Club on uh, View Street in in Chicopee. Are you doing like a like an open mic thing yet? So we do the uh, the Thursday showcase we do, yeah. uh, which uh, every Thursday people come, they get twenty dollars, they get their dinner and the show. It's the, the best deal around. Like this week we have. I, I, po- I posted jokingly on my Facebook last night. Uh, this Thursday, uh, roast roast chicken, roasted Italian herb potatoes, and corn will be opening for me on Thursday at uh, <laughs> Comedy Club. The food is as big of a star as right. the show. Uh, the chef, Chef Larry, does an awesome job every week, week in and week out. Chef Larry. Chef Larry. It already best. sounds terrific. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. So... You know, um, but we do the show like, you know, every week and and, uh, it's not an open mic per se. But what I will do is I will take one or two people who are interested in doing comedy for the first time 
and I will put them on that show because it's better than doing an open mic for your first time. <laughs> I mean, you did comedy, so you know this. The, yes, the first time you do an open mic, it's just soul-sucking. It's a room full of comedians. There's no one there to laugh, so you don't even know if you were good at it or bad at it or anything else. Well, I remember... So you back in the in, in the 80s, they did a lot yeah. of open mics. We did like, you know, we, there were like opportunities to do like three or four a week. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. And because, uh, I mean, they, you know, there were there were bars that would have a comedy night and, and yep. you'd, it would be at the, at the same group of like, you know, 15, 20 comics all trying to, you know, Get all better. trying to outdo each other in five minutes. Crabs in a bucket. We're all trying to climb over each other's back to get out and become something. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I... I I don't know if this was good for me at all, but I got laughs the very first time I went on. Yep. And uh, I think it poisoned my mind <laughs> into believing that every single time was You're just going to be this great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you get, when you get, uh, like, like the first time you get high in college. <laughs> You say, "Wow, I got so high," and you never ever get that high again. It's, it's never quite the same. That's why you keep chasing the bear. Chasing, yeah. Well, I can tell you, uh, my my first time was very similar. Um, I did really, really well. My buddy, my buddy, who's a good friend of mine now, Dario, he had actually been at the gym. Someone said, "Hey, Dario, this guy's as funny as you," and he was like, "Oh, you think you're funny? I'm going to take you." We're gonna do this show, and I, I, he was challenging me, but I was like, "That sounds great. I've just always wanted to do it. That'd be great." And I did. I, you know, I had three or four beers. I started telling jokes that made my friends laugh on the golf course, and yep. everyone was like, "Wow, you should come back next week. You did great." Blah blah blah. Yeah, could you headline a golf course next week? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so I did. Um, so, you know, I did my first six months. I don't think I bombed. Yeah. It was like, and then I was working in a comedy club at six or seven months in, which is un, unheard of. And uh, I killed the Friday night. I killed the. Uh, the the Saturday or no I killed the Friday night I killed the Saturday early show Saturday late show I was all confident some lady was on her phone I was like well why don't you who are you talking to why don't you give me your phone like I did one of those <laughs> and she was just like no what are you a loser I'm not gonna give you my phone you creep and I had nothing to say right I I blanked on my entire set I sat there and bombed for 12 minutes and I was inconsolable i drove home from worcester like crying like well, i guess my dreams are dead you know <laughs> so you know i we do we do that we, we we're gonna start a mic i think on tuesdays we're we're getting to that place but uh right now i've told and i told your listeners and i had a few reach out to me uh tim aldrich was uh, one of them he's the first when when i was on here and i just told you guys yeah if anyone wants to try it just message me on facebook yeah he reached out messaged me i put him up he's he's been doing pretty steady he's been doing comedy that's good um, it's, the yeah. way, it's the only way to get really good at it yeah because you never you know un, until you've done it a lot and you've had those kinds of experiences where your soul has been ripped out through your colon and yes. stomped on and chopped yep. up into tiny bits and served right back at you you never get your voice it, yeah it take and it takes years to develop that and uh, and with that is years of bombing and <laughs> uh and even now to this day yeah it still happens, still happens. um you know, you want to work new material or whatever. I'm, I'm, you know, a couple of weeks ago they had that, uh, they had a real tragedy in uh, Tennessee, yeah. and uh, I, I was like, well, I'm gonna see if I can find something funny in this on stage and see how it goes. And yeah. uh, how, how well that go? Uh, pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You Sometimes know, uh, too timing. soon. I Paul guess. Timing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I had what I thought were some pretty funny observations and jokes, but. Uh, about half the crowd got what I was trying to do, and I think the other half left like, we'll never go see that guy again. 
I remember yeah. the first time that I really, truly bombed. Yeah. Like, it, silence. So I was asked to open. So there was a there was a great comedy club in in town at the time, and they they got real, real good names. And I was asked to open. Yeah. And uh, and MC the show. Uh, yeah, because I was on radio at the time. And by th- by that point, I was already in radio, but like not doing mornings. But so you know, I was always introduced as here's back from yeah. this radio station. So I would go, and I was told, okay, um, we're gonna give you fifteen minutes. It's open. Well, I only had five. <laughs> so yeah. I had to, uh, I said, well, I don't know if I've got a full 15. So now you're going to have to stretch it to 15. You, you have to do 15. Otherwise, it's going to throw everything off. And by the way, there's two shows uh, that night. So you got to do 15. So, I, so I, I, I wrote like 10 more minutes of material, uh, which was going to be the second half. I thought, well, let's get the good stuff out of the way. Yeah, real terrible it's, idea, by the way. I think if I if I get them early, they'll they'll be with me the entire time. Yeah, I do the five minutes. Does pretty well. I go. I launch into the uh, into the new material, which I had not tested yet. This was like this was, this was the opportunity. How'd and, that go? Oh, oh my God! It was like I know it was technically. It was supposed to be 10 minutes. I think I finished it in four. Yeah. So I gave them nine minutes. Yeah. And only half was worth listening to. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did uh, the second time. I just said, well, that's that's it. Once I do that five minutes, it's crowd work because uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to put a second audience through that kind of torture. <laughs> At four minutes in, you're like, so what do you do for work? <laughs> what do you do for work? You know, but it, it's funny because and I, I talk about it often when I'm on here, but do you remember the show that I did way back when I started comedy? I had a show in Chicopee at uh, Maximum Capacity. Similar thing. It was a buffet and yep. thing. It was on a Thursday night. And, uh, God, I I was bombing terribly. And you were like, all right, let me go in. And you went up and you did great. <laughs> so this is before I ever toured and really, you know, b- b- did anything of any type of uh, significance in comedy. Not that I've done much. but um, But I remember thinking in my head, Geez, these radio guys are natural, you know? Oh, no, um, they're not. Well, that's one of the things you learn when you start touring because the people that were telling you, you're on radio, why don't you host this show? You don't realize it, but they're telling you that a lot of the times because they want you to tell the listeners it's like a free ad or whatever, right? So I go to the markets now, you know, and they're like, we got to, the host is a radio guy. Yeah. And immediately now I'm like, oh, God, God, please, please be good. Please be someone who actually does comedy. Because a lot of times they're not. They're just like, oh, so what's going on? Hey, it was they got the voice and the they, whole deal. They get on the stage with their satin radio station yeah. jacket. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, I One guy, one time, literally in the middle of his set's like, oh, man, I don't know what else there is. Uh, it's about 72 degrees outside. <laughs> it's like launching into, like, hey, you've been hitting two points, uh, 83.4. Am I done my time yet? You know, it's like one of those things, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's but that's part of it, man. It's part of you know bombing and and uh, and developing. Well, that that know. night, that was the first night we brought Fitzy into town. Oh yes, that was the first night. And he Fitzy brought Fitzy and Matt McCarthy. Matt McCarthy. I was yes. gonna say, what was the name of that guy? He's yep. really really good. Yeah, Matt McCarthy. Matt, yeah, he's great. And uh, that was literally maybe the first time I had done comedy in twenty years. You did fantastic. Yeah, too. I mean, I just I, yeah, it, and I had no material. I think I, I think what I did was. I came on after you, and I think my first line—you <laughs> said—I think my first line was something like, "Okay, and now it's time for the comedy portion of tonight's yeah, show." Yeah, good try, Marty. Yeah, and uh, 
and then I, and then I just talked about the Mayflower Marathon because it was it was coming up. Yeah, and that's all I did. I just I I it talked murdered. about a radio station event, and I just I just I just winged it, which I had never really done before, it, and it's been like twenty years. But it's like the idea of going up with like with like material. I you know I mm, I, I think I'm I think that that ship has sailed for me. You know what it is? It, well, sometimes too, it's one of the funny things is you'll do a show with like some of these guys who did comedy in the 80s in Boston, right? Yeah. Now, there's some that are fantastic. Most of them are. Mike Donovan, you know, those yep. guys, they've been around forever, but they've never stopped. But every so often, there was a promoter that I used to work for, and he would put one of those guys on who hadn't done comedy in 15 or 20 years. And the guy would be, he would be good. He was a professional. You know, he knows, I'm sure if I didn't do this for 10 years and someone's going to be on a show, I'd be like, I can do these jokes and get these laughs. But it, the funniest part was always that they wouldn't change their references and their jokes. <laughs> So it was like a time capsule, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. reference and the, and the thing, be like, ah, that's crazy. It's like Pat Benatar, you know. You're like, everyone's like, what, <laughs> what? Or it'd be like it's a TV reference, or hey, have you heard about this new drug, Viagra? <laughs> it's like be the forty year old uh, boner pill. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we know. Um, and we, I used to watch it, and I could tell if a crowd was gonna hate me or like me because. If they didn't care about the references and they just kept laughing, I was like, they're going to hate me. There you go. But if they were like, this is BS, you know, like I would, <laughs> I was like, these guys, these are my people. They're going to like, they're going to like me a lot. We're going to have more with uh, Marty Caproni and a lot of other stuff uh, today, too. It's 626 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Dane Cook. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 631 and Led Zeppelin with uh, Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Like I said, uh, Steve is off today and tomorrow. Marty Caproni is going to sit in for uh, those two days, and I appreciate uh, you helping me out. I, uh, I ha I'm i happy to be here, and I, I hope Steve – I realize now why Steve was grooming me to uh, fill in when you were out before. It's because he wanted to take himself a nice vacation. So, uh, <laughs> so. Well, he's going to take one in a couple of weeks, too. Oh, good. Well, so, you know, anytime you guys need me, I'll be happy to come back. All right. Well, we'll have that conversation a little <laughs> bit later on. We got news coming up next to Rock 102. It's 6.33 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Uh, go see Gary Rome today. Get 0% financing on select models. And it's time for news. And here's me is this is is this the part where i would say and now local radio icon mm, well backs. i mean you could you could say that but i mean there's really there's only enough room for one of us okay. All right. and i'm not even i don't even want, you know, want to take up that much space in that one <laughs> but um but news is not uh something that i have really done a lot of all right well let's uh it'd be like asking you to like you know cook french food for a bunch of french people it's listen, like i'm quite i'm quite the cook now Bax. ever since covid so if, well, if you, you need me to whip up uh, some kind of flaky pastry <laughs> type chicken pot pie i can do that for you a uh, much anticipated east hampton school board meeting uh, yesterday ended before it even started more than 300 people tried to join the entirely virtual meeting of the school committee on zoom and more tried to tune in on the east hampton media live stream that is until the website crashed presumably for too many people uh, trying to get in at once. Several members of the uh, public shouted insults at members of the school committee as they tried to figure out how to accommodate the large turnout, presumably uh, by the recent hiring of Superintendent uh, Vito Peron, which was then rescinded uh, just a couple days ago. The whole story, is, uh, as you, most of you may know, Dr. Peron, uh, by his account, had a job offer to become the superintendent of schools. It was revoked after he addressed two women in an email using the term ladies which was taken as a microaggression. 
Now, uh, we talked uh, quite a lot about this. You know, uh, in, in my view, ladies is a pretty benign thing to call two women. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but they took offense to this and rescinded the job. Well, I feel like people have lost their minds at this point. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at on this. I, I you gotta look look, and then here's the thing. I'm obviously from what I do for a living. I'm not the most sensitive person, uh, but uh, I feel like you gotta look at the intent. And if you have a guy, first of all, the guy's Italian. Uh, ladies was probably the best option you could have expected <laughs> to come out of his mouth. He's an Italian guy. He's got a doctorate, so I know he's right. older, right? Right. He wasn't like. Uh, CC, you two cuckoo broads. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other options that might have been worse right. that would be seen as a macro aggression. Yeah, ladies, uh, I mean, I feel like the uh, the introduction of ladies and gentlemen, uh, when you go to a basketball game or a comedy show yep. or whatever, I don't feel like that's being aggressive to anybody. I feel like that's just... That's a formal address. A formal address. Yeah. What happens if uh, one of these members of the school committee sure. has to use a restroom? Where do they go? <laughs> they go to the non, non-gender conforming, non-binary uh, third, fourth restroom. Or... Okay, but if that uh, if that <laughs> facility is a non-gender, con- it has not yet conformed to uh, to gender roles and still has ladies on the door are you just gonna not go to the bathroom because of the outrage i well and this is why i think this is a great story this story is a perfect example of what i've been talking about um i guess we're back from the pandemic (laughs) i guess we're back because during the pandemic we had real stuff to worry about you know what i mean so we didn't fight over stupid trivial things anymore because everyone was worried about like how am i gonna wipe my butt I need to get toilet paper. I right. can't keep going to Wendy's and ordering a small Frosty with 87 napkins. They know what I'm up to. <laughs> right? So, so you know, so th- that all of a sudden, once the, right. the, the, the pandemic hit, the, the big fight right before the pandemic, if you remember, was where um, trans people used the bathroom. And people passionately argued on either side. They were like, I don't want them peeing next to my kid. They should be able to pee where they want. It, it wasn't a real problem in society, as far as I knew. I, I feel like everyone had a handle on it, including transgender people. There was no epidemic of trans people kicking in bathroom doors, trying to pee on kids. <laughs> it was not. There was. There was no. There was, this is a stupid fight, right. That people made up so they could argue on Facebook and go back and forth or whatever. You uh, know, like you know, when when Steve and I were talking about this week. I mean, you know, if if this guy apparently the guy would like to still have the job. But under the circumstances, if I were him, I'd say no. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't care if you double my salary. I'm not so sure I want to work with these people that are going to be you know, having me under a microscope. Oh, so you already forever. said these people. See, that's the next thing. Well, what do you I mean by that? Well, I meant nothing mean about that, that Marty. Doctor, I meant nothing about that. <laughs> but I just think that the you know would you uh, considering that they have to hire a superintendent? Yeah. Good luck. Who's going to apply? Who's? This is like trying to get like uh, you know. Uh, you know, you know, help at a restaurant. So like nobody wants this job, right? I mean, you got to understand. Sure, is, is the area an area where people might have more sensibility towards uh, uh, gender issues and and things that fair, fine, okay. 
you're talking about a guy who's got a doctorate, a PhD. I guarantee you the people that are complaining about that do not have PhDs. No, no. They, they don't. They even, had, though, even though the mayor, who was a lawyer, um, you know, she was the one who changed her vote first. They have a... Oh, really? Yes. Mayor LaChapelle decided to, uh, in a quote-unquote closed-door meeting that she was going to rescind her vote for Dr. Perrone, and that... That facilitated the other two to uh, to change their minds, and then they get back from this session, uh, this closed door session, and tell the guy, "Yeah, now we've uh, we've changed our minds." Now let me tell you what I think, and I'm just throwing this out there, and I don't know who the mayor of East Hampton is, but I know when they hire a school person, that's usually the most coveted job in a city, right? I mean, superintendent of schools, yeah, it's one of the top paying jobs in a city, right? Yes. So what they like to do, if they can, is jam one of their friends in there because then their friend's going to buy tickets to their fundraisers and their other stuff and everything else. I don't know that this is the case in East Hampton. But then they can't. They go to put their friend in, but then some guy comes in out of town. He's got a Ph.D. He's super smart. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I don't want this guy, but I got to vote for him because on the surface, it's like whatever. And then it's like... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for hiring me. How dare you say, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? How dare I resign? We're sending my vote. And then it's manufactured outrage, and everybody else is all upset. How dare you? And then that's what it becomes. Uh, amazing story out of Orange, Massachusetts. A scary scene at a Franklin County Elementary School Tuesday as at least 10 kids were hospitalized due to a run-in with bubble gum. First responders from five communities were called to Dexter Park Elementary School in Orange yesterday to respond to a situation in which at least 10 kids were hospitalized after one student, one student, brought extremely hot gum to recess. Uh, Fire Chief James Young told Western Mass News that the bubble gum is measured at 16 million Scoville units. Now, to give you an idea of how hot that is, jalapenos are 2,500 to 5,000 Scoville units. (laughs) This one was 16 million, and according to the chief, is equivalent to basically what's uh, commonly referred to as pepper spray. Uh, pepper spray, very, uh, very hot and spicy, it can cause skin irritation as well as respiratory and airway inflammation. Uh, the <laughs> appropriate action was taken for the studi- the uh, the safety of the students, and uh, it's still an active situation. I-, I heard this story this morning, and I'm thinking. I know exactly what kind of kid this is <laughs> who <me>. brings <laughs> pepper pepper gum to recess. I know this kid because that kid is one day going to become Marty Caproni <laughs> or Pax from Rock 102. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, you know, the, pro- the problem with that story, uh, although it's funny because in the story they say kids, and if I decide that offends me <laughs> as an address. <laughs> These kids are all like, excuse me, do you mean children? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. And by the way, I, I said that what I said about the uh, East Ham. I wasn't talking about that mayor in specific. I'm just saying in general. Uh, I just want to make sure that if I could drive through East Hampton to go get Mission Tacos, I'm not going to get uh, arrested. And I'm, by I'm, police. I'm pretty sure you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, but the, the problem is the technology has increased so much. Because they used to have that gum. You know what I'm talking about? The, it was a spicy gum. Yeah. It wasn't 16 million Scoville units. That literally is chewing on mace, right? I mean, right. at that point. I sweat. I can't even eat a jalapeno because I sweat like crazy. Eat, really? Anything, no tolerance? No tolerance. Anything even slightly spicy. I like spicy food, but I sweat. 16 million Scoville. If I had, if I chewed that. I would be. I think I would be in the hospital. Yeah. Well, they, my throat would <laughs> would swell shut. Everything else.
But I do think that kid is probably going to become a comedian someday. I think there's no there's no question right. about it. There's no question. I mean, yeah. I mean, granted, I mean, he's at this point a prop comic, but you know, he could be working <laughs> on material, playing it in bigger rooms. The next thing you know, the he could be doing showcases. Of orange, the carrot yeah. top of ours. <laughs> he's a nine. He's a nine year old yeah. carrot top. You know what that is? Though? It's like taking a novelty idea, like. Um, Remember the hand buzzer? You'd shock, I do. Because I used to, I mean, for the kids listening, I don't know if we have that many, but they used to have Mad Magazine. I used to read that obsessively when I was a kid, like a lot of people who then became comedians. Um, <laughs> and in the back of the magazine, they would have these practical joke things, fake dog poop, fake vomit, yep. the hand buzzer. You know, It would be akin to somebody with technology now having a hand buzzer that runs on a lithium-ion battery and it and it has 300 amps flowing through it and just being like, yeah, six kids had a heart attack at uh, the middle school because, because this kid ordered from China a uh, lithium-powered hand buzzer. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think my parents, uh, uh, this this is when I was a real little kid. I think we went to... Uh, Niagara Falls for a vacation. Oh, that was, that used to be the spot. Yeah, that was a spot, right? That, that was, was a great, spot. Va- great vacation. There's all kinds of wicked cool uh, museums and stuff yeah. to do for family because we don't have the Canadian side of the falls, so we're over on on that side, and it's you know it's nothing but touristy stuff. Yeah, and remember we went through through I don't know if it was like the Maid of the Mist tour or whatever, but there's a gift shop at the end of it. Yeah, and my parents and you know of course as a kid like can I get something at the gift shop? It'd be so cool. Can I get something at the gift shop? Mom, mom, can I have a dollar? And so they agreed, okay, here's $5, get what you want at the gift shop. Well, I mean, I could have gotten all kinds of things, like, you know, Niagara Falls t-shirt yeah. or, like, the big pencil with uh, Niagara Falls on it or a snow globe. I uh, got a whoopee cushion and a dribble glass. <laughs> Perfect. That That's the things I wanted because those are the things. Don't you want someone to remember the trip? I will remember this trip. Every time someone sits in the whoopee cushion and farts when they don't expect it or they drink from the glass and it's all over their shirt, I will remember this trip for the rest of my life. That That is uh, that is exactly who I was as a kid growing up to, 100%. Uh, and again, now, if, if people listening along uh, at home uh, want to do something fun, um, you can see in real time an illustration of how this goes bad with the whoopee cushion in the same way that the spicy gum, in the same way I was saying a lithium-powered hand buzzer, <laughs> which if there's never been one event that I'm sure right now, somewhere in China they're at work on uh, making them right now. Um, there there was uh, uh, um, the whoopee cushion used to put it under the couch seat. Someone would sit the seat and it goes off. Yeah. If you YouTube... Um, airbag prank there are people that uh upgraded the whoopee cushion airbag uh the whoopee cushion prank to using airbags from cars and putting them on seats you can find them on youtube and so the people sit on the seat and the airbag blows up and the person i mean goes launch 12 feet in the air hits their head on the ceiling like you you see these people. It's not funny at all. I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny. They but look only, like a crash test dummy. Yeah. They're flying their arms, their limbs. Their, yeah, you but know. only gutless bastards like you and I would be, whole, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we'd be on the floor laughing hysterically. Right. I mean, it is. It's one of those things where you're like, this is awful. But yet you're like, 
this is great viewing. Yeah, I've been watching these videos for four and a half hours. <laughs> right. I am offended by every one of right, them. Right, right, right. But but <laughs> it's literally like the same illustration of how technology has made the practical joke much worse. <laughs> it's going to be cloudy today, a slight chance of a shower, a high of 51 tomorrow, cloudy, with afternoon rain, a high of 74. It's about 49 degrees right now. And that's news on Rock 102. Everyone. Springfield's Classic Rock at 6.53 and Credence with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Marty Caproni filling in for Steve. It's going to be uh, cloudy today, a chance of a shower, slight chance of a high of 51. Tomorrow, cloudy with afternoon rain and a high of 74. It's uh, 49 degrees right now in uh, in downtown Springfield. You just showed me off the air <laughs> the video of what you were talking about. The airbag prank. With the, with the airbag prank. Yeah. You know, I find myself almost like every single day going down like a rab- a Reddit video rabbit hole. <laughs> and it's like and it's it's all those videos of like people falling and getting hurt and 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 I can't stop watching them because they're it's, just so damn funny. It's the layers of the onion. Yeah, cuz the cuz the more you watch, the more Reddit believes that's what you're interested in. <laughs> they just keep spitting out more and more videos. Well, it's, it's it's the it's the greatest. It happens to me on YouTube the same the same thing. Whatever you t- I I happen to watch something on YouTube and then YouTube is just like we're gonna show you all of that. And sometimes <laughs> it's good, sometimes it's bad. You know, after the shooting thing in Tennessee, I I wanted to see the body cam footage because everyone's like, you should see it. It's really amazing. Yeah, and uh, disturbing. Now YouTube thinks that I just want to watch every police shooting that there is. So I go on YouTube and it's just one after another. And I'm like, could Please, Mr. YouTube, can yeah. you just send me back to the stuff I wanted? Yeah, that's, you know? what, that's what you have to go back to, like, reset the uh, the algorithm. Yeah. Well, speaking of YouTube, this is funny that you said that. I pulled up a news story that a YouTuber was making a prank video in a Virginia mall, and uh, the guy he was pranking uh, didn't take it that well and shot him in the stomach. Uh, so... so <laughs> you know, you you want to wish the kid a speedy recovery. You don't want to yeah. see anybody, uh, you know, uh, lose their life. But if you've ever watched any of these YouTube videos where they do a uh, quote unquote prank or a uh, what's the other one, a social experiment, they yeah. like to call it, um, you're kind of like good. <laughs> well, I always find <laughs> keep on their toes because th- some of these people do these pranks. They go, they you know, they'll go into the inner city and they'll just start going up to people and start. Pretending that they're in in a gang, but yeah. you know it's it's a white kid from the suburbs with three thousand, you know, three hundred thousand YouTube subscribers or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, what do you do, kid? You only have one life. You're gonna lose your life. I say it every time I watch these videos. I'm like, one of these guys is gonna shoot you. And it's now someone like, has. It's kind of like yeah, it's it probably the reason why like you know, Tom Green or yeah. uh, you know Sasha Baron Cohen doesn't do uh, Borat anymore. Yeah. At some point, he's gonna get himself killed. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And- but for, but for the joke, for the laugh. Don't you think it's a little bit worth it? I mean, a little, maybe. <laughs> I mean, for my entertainment watching, sure. Uh, but just for the craft, for the art of it all. For the art, for the art of the joke, sure. <laughs> he suffered for his art he, he, the he ultimate was, way. He was an artist. Now he's an artist with half a stomach and no gallbladder. So uh, <laughs> good for him. <laughs> We're going to have more with Marty Caproni a little bit later on, actually for the next uh, day and a half, because uh, he's on t- today and s- tomorrow. Stuck with me. It's 6.56, Rock 102. One, two, Seven, And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, with Scott's four-step, four easy steps to an awesome lawn. Hey, 
good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, I don't know about you, but Bill Belichick always seemed like a pretty easygoing guy. Friendly, gregarious, talkative, filled with one breathless anecdote after another. And yet, there are some people who find him to be, oh, I don't know, off-putting. I don't happen to be one of those people because I've been known to occasionally associate myself with far worse. Having said that, a series of reports and rumors were swirling around yesterday that suggested that Bill Belichick and quarterback Mac Jones don't exactly have a friendly relationship. In fact, there are some who would suggest that they don't like each other at all. And that is why there are reports that Bill Belichick has been shopping Mac Jones around just ahead of the upcoming draft. According to NBC Sports Boston, Bill Belichick has spoken to four different teams around the NFL looking to unload Mac Jones to get somebody else. Among those teams include the Raiders, Tampa, Houston, and Washington. Why? Apparently, Bill isn't very happy with the young man, especially prickly over Mac's decision to seek outside help beyond the Patriots organization after feeling the Patriots offense was being mishandled by Matt Patricia. What does that mean exactly? It means that Mac Jones is kind of a backstabbing dink. And once the team thinks you're a dink, you can pretty much bank on Bill Belichick trying to get rid of you. Does that mean the Patriots will make a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? Does it mean they'll be taking another look at Lamar Jackson? I don't know, because like you, I'm getting all my information from the internet. The very same internet that's been known to feed people a bunch of horse crap that isn't entirely true, like the Russians fiddling around with our elections or pills that give you a bigger penis. If that story is true, however, then this might just be the biggest off-season development of the year, and I think we should start preparing ourselves now. But hey, and if I'm I yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. A lot of nice lawns in Westfield, and I bet more than a few have Alan to thank for it. Alan's the lawn care specialist at the Westfield Rockies. Dude knows his stuff, and he knows Scott's four-step. Good people like Alan and rocks out at service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 710 and Neil Young with uh, Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Nagel is out uh, today and tomorrow. Marty Caproni is uh, is filling in. Great to have you. That's great to be here. It's uh, it's going to be uh, a weird couple of days weather-wise. Cloudy today, a chance of a shower, very small chance uh, later today with a high of 51. Tomorrow, cloudy with afternoon rain and a high of 74. It's about 52 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. I just saw the story uh, this morning. Uh, Applebee's is running a new promotion this year, offering uh, free kids' meals on Sunday, which is Easter Sunday, <laughs> for their Kids Eat Free special. How bad does your child have to be <laughs> to deserve a meal at Applebee's <laughs> on the Lord's Day? <laughs> Easter Bunny comes to the house. He's leaving eggs and chocolate uh, bunnies all over the place. <laughs> but no, you're going to be punished by having to go to Applebee's. And then you're off to Applebee's of all places. <laughs> oh, my Lord. You listen You listen to what I'm telling you or I'm going to drag your ass to Applebee's. <laughs> now, listen, I'm no stranger to eating at an Applebee's. I'm going to confess. Uh, but there's two times that I eat at an Applebee's. When I'm on the road and I'm in some godforsaken place like Iowa or Indiana. Right. And you you don't know what you're going to get when you go to a local restaurant. When, it, when it's a standalone restaurant yeah. for miles. Right. So you're like, well, you know, I know at least what I'm going to get. 
Yes. Probably dysentery, but I know what I'm going to get. <laughs> no, but in spite of uh, disappointment and sadness. <laughs> right. right. So you, you you know, you go to a, an Olive Garden or to a, an Applebee's cuz it is what it's going to be. Yeah. Um but uh that's one and the other one is uh if I'm done uh, up at the comedy club late and it's almost midnight and I'm like, "Where could I get a steak right now?" And oh, Applebee's, yeah. you can get you can get a steak at eleven at night. So those are the two times that I <laughs> that I it's it's like yeah. not total steak. It's like uh, remember the hungry heifer on Cheers where they <laughs> beef instead of beef. You should try the loopster. It's like that. It's like that. Um, but uh, you know we're spoiled in Western Mass. That's one thing I've learned. We have good restaurants. Uh, when I go on the road, I realize that uh, most places we don't. Um, next to Connecticut, I feel like Western Mass probably has some of the best pizza in the country. Um, um I don't know. I mean, you know, Connecticut's got the kind of the, the, the market cornered there. Right, but next to Connecticut, right? Like, yeah. uh, other than if you're going to go to New Haven and get the ah pizza, as they say, yeah. the Peppies or the Sally's or whatever, I feel like Western Mass, and I say it every time. I, I asked Nagel this question, so I'm going to ask you, what are your top three go-to places, you think, for pizza in Western Mass? Tough question. It's you know what it is a tough question because it often it, it often is determined by where I am. Uh, that's a good point. As opposed to what I want. Very solid point. Um, like for example, I mean Red Rose is solid pie. Always solid pie. But do I always want to go downtown from Hamden to get it? Yeah, that's tough. The answer is is uh, is often no. But when we were living up in Pine Point, I'd say maybe yeah. But yeah. we would also oftentimes go to Tony's on Boston Road, which is another solid place. Very, very solid. Yep. And uh, and and Frankie, uh, who was working there for years, just opened one, a place in uh, you know, Frankie's Pizzas in uh, in Longmeadow. Yeah, so which that's is not, also really good. Yeah, and that's not far from you in Hamden, right? <sighs> it's, I mean, it's not. No, I mean it's 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 two towns over. Okay, but it's a lot to ask. Yeah. Well. That's the problem, I'm not, I'm, and I'm not. It's nothing against the Frankies or anybody else. It's just like I'm. I'm just notoriously lazy and looking for short distances. <laughs> I, I, for me in my area, I, I mean, Red Rose is always in the conversation to me for of best course. pizza in Western Mass. Um, I, you know, I'm in Chicopee, so John's is always is always big for me. Uh, I've heard I've heard of John's. What there's also the place in Ludlow. That's uh, supposed to be fantastic. Casa. And I haven't been to. Yes, Casa. Yeah, haven't that, been. That guy is an interesting dude. Um, you ever meet somebody that is so into one thing that you're almost uncomfortable talking to him? Um, uh, yeah, I talked for, to him. for years at a time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I talked to him about pizza and the knowledge of pizza the guy has. You're like, does does he do anything else? <laughs> like, is his life dedicated to pizza? It is a good pie. It's a little pricey, but it's a good pie. Um, See to me, uh, it's, it's. I hate. I mean, this is going to sound like I don't want to make this sound as snobby as it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if it's a really good pie and I got a Jones for it, yeah. I don't. I'm not so concerned about the price. Yeah, I get that. No, I yeah. get that totally. Uh, and I have gone there in those moments. Let's say I had a good weekend and I made enough money yeah. that I want to spoil myself. I would go to Casa. Now the crazy thing about it is, you know, we go to Ludlow quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but but not for pizza. What do you go to Ludlow for? Portuguese food? Uh, no, but as much as I love it, uh, most of the time when we go to Ludlow, it's for breakfast at Evan's Egg House. Oh, okay, yeah, that's which is, which is terrific. That's in that little plaza right there. I think, yeah, where my eye doctor. Evans, yeah. uh, and I've and I've mentioned this before, and when I did mention it, 
uh, the line uh, started to uh, form out the building to get there because of the one item they have, which is so unique, but so freaking delicious. It's un- unbelievable. What is that? The bacon hash. Bacon oh, hash. my Lord. This is like you're speaking dirty to a fellow fat guy. Let so, me tell you something. <laughs> bacon and hash? The first time I had it, you know, someone said, oh, you got to try the bacon hash. I said, yeah. well, that sounds pretty good. And then I, so I go there and I order a big omelet, you know, the, the size of like a, yeah. like a, I don't know, a Nissan. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I order the bacon hash. Comes out wicked crispy. That's nice my and, favorite. Nice and flat. With the with chunks of bacon in it, awesome. you're not like you know like you know strips of bacon. These are chunks of bacon. Yeah, this like, is like me- cut, but yes, yes. You know, you're, you're speaking my language. So I uh, I had the the bacon hash, and I was like, you know, tr- I was transported to another place in time, oh. and I thought this this is my new home. And you know, we go there a lot, and uh, it's it's terrific. So that's the that's the reason primarily we go to love. It's got to be good if you're driving from Hamden in the morning. When you have zero motivation. Well, I mean, uh, you know, we yeah. probably don't get out until 10 o'clock in the morning, but yeah, yeah. right. You know what I'm saying? But to drive from Hamden to Ludlow, it's got to be some really Marty, good I would, cr- I would crawl and chew my way through the <laughs> crust of the earth to get <laughs> to that bacon, bacon hash. hash. I truly would. Uh, yeah, I for for breakfast, uh, you know, uh, there's a few standards in Chicopee that I like that are okay, um, but... That place that you're talking about, I've been to. I've never had the bacon hash, so now I feel like I've. Been you got to try it. Yeah, it's totally this worth time. it. Totally worth it. Uh, I think, I still think, uh, and you know, Chickabee's got a, a good bunch of restaurants. We do, yeah. I think my favorite in the entire city is still the Munich House. Munich House, you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Ever. I've never, ever walked out of there disappointed. Pretzel crusted chicken, fantastic, you, fantastic, absolutely. The only thing, and this is one of the things I was talking about, not a shameless plug for View Street, uh, but we have a nice deck that overlooks Holyoke. Of course, the joke I always say is in the summer, you're going to be able to sit out there, have a beer, and watch Holyoke burn, uh, <laughs> which is our own version of the fireworks here in Western Mass every every night. It literally is like on fire every weekend night. It's incredible. It's the most flammable city. Yeah. Like most people, if they're like, I'm a firefighter, you're like, all right. Like, you know, yeah. I always joke around the firefighters in my town and Chicopee, a lot of them are my buddies. They work like two days on, five days off. I'm yeah. like, that's not a career. That's a sleepover with your friends. You know, like <laughs> I, I always tease them, right? But but uh, if you're a firefighter in Hoyoke, I feel like you're just, when you go to work, you're working. Oh, yeah. You're putting out a fire almost every day. Uh, but uh, the, the Munich House has outdoor dining and View Street has outdoor dining. And so your two choices, I always, always like, are either uh, sitting on the deck and looking at the mountains and everything else, or right. sitting on the deck and looking at downtown Chicopee. Uh, so, so, all right, but you know the uh, the walls the food, of, the, of the beer of the beer garden are high enough where you don't have to really look at it. That's what I was going to tell you. Yeah, uh, I like the deck there, but the beer garden to me is the home run. That's especially if you get there when they have one of the bands. I call it a band, but it's usually yeah, when, two guys with a sad accordion or whatever. When they open that thing up. It's, I thought, Mike, this is the best thing they, they could ever possibly have done. Yeah. What a what a great, great move that was. But yeah, I, I mean I like going in the wintertime sitting yep. inside. I, I really do. I like the I like the Munich house. I like the fort. You know, if you're Love the go fort. German. If you're Love the go fort. German. Uh if you're gonna go pizza for me, I like John's. If I'm across the river, I like Sorrento's in uh, West Springfield. West Springfield, that's yep. good too. It's very similar to John's. They're cousins, so they compete over who has Are they the really? Pie. Yeah, it's really interesting. 
Because huh. I was in there and I was like, this pizza almost tastes like John's. And the guy says, do you like it better than John's? He's like trying to get me to say it. <laughs> I was like, why? He's like holding like his uh, cell phone up like, just say, say it's better. Say it's yeah. better. It's would, you, would, you ever, would you ever have the nerve to tell a guy at a competing restaurant that the other guy's pizza is better? <laughs> better. I would never do that. I, I would, I would, even if your pizza was nothing but like a like sauce on a shoe, I'd say, oh no, this is so much better. I would I would have the nerve to be honest with them after I had my pizza in front of me, <laughs> not before, because I know what goes on in kitchens. Listen, there's not enough wine in this Italian restaurant for me to backstab you into your face. No way. Um, yeah, I I so f- for pizza. Then you know I talk to people about like other stuff like donuts. I donors. Everyone goes to Dunkin' Donuts. Everyone's yeah. obsessed with Dunkin' Donuts in in New England. But to me, if you go to Donut Dip or Miss Murphy's. I think it's over. You know um, what I mean, at that point, you know, I uh, I have to say, I I love Dunkin' Donuts because you know America on runs donut. on Dunkin'. Yes, yeah. price of participation may vary. It's a limited time <laughs> offer, uh, and I will probably mention them uh, sometime well, later and, on this morning. And, but uh, <laughs> I agree with you; those the other two are fantastic. Donut Dip, uh, you know, I have uh, uh, my own personal well history with that. Uh, <laughs> my my ex father in law used to love Donut Dip. Oh, one, okay. One kind of donut. The uh, the sour cream donut. Well, that sounds disgusting. Uh, it's not disgusting. Really, uh, it's fant- It's delicious. I like donut dip because they serve that comically huge novelty donut. Oh, the one that's about the size it's of an all, size all, of all wheel radial. Cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one I like. Uh, I mean, I like don't don't get me wrong. I like Dunkin'. Don't get me wrong. But there are there is literally one. Actually, it's not even as bad here as it is in like Rhode Island. If you go to Rhode Island and someone gives you directions, it's literally like you go up the three blocks, take a left at the Dunkin', two blocks, take a right at the next Dunkin', yeah. go up four more blocks, take a left <laughs> at the other Dunkin'. You're like, how many Dunkins do you guys have? Uh, and I, when I go on the road, when I see a Dunkin', I get happy. You yeah. know, now that they're expanding, I do get happy because I know what I'm getting into again. I, I mentioned this story before. It was years ago. I was driving, uh, driving to uh, Milwaukee, and uh, we were in Ohio. Yeah, and it was early in the morning. I think we, you know, we, uh, you know, we stayed overnight in Cleveland. Got back on the road, and all I wanted, all I wanted, was a, a, a Dunkin' coffee. Yeah, it's like I was jonesing for it. There's no Dunkin' on I ninety heading west or east in the entire state of Ohio. Yeah, and I'm like, that's a big state. Yeah, I know. And you know, you know, coming from Massachusetts, I'm like, how? Is it even possible <laughs> that there, there are stretches of hundreds of miles yeah. <laughs> of major interstate highway without a single Dunkin' Donuts? How yeah. is it possible? My thing when I when I do uh, shows in Ohio is in the Cincinnati area, they still have Big Boy. Oh, yeah. You remember Abdow's Big Boy? I do. It was like the go-to. Of course. Know? And they have Big Boy outside of Cincinnati. So I was in Cincinnati for like three days. I brought uh, Brian Plum and Tim McKeever, my two openers, it's and they'll testify to this. I made us eat at Big Boy every single day, morning, noon, and night. <laughs> and they're like, "Why?" Wow. I'm like, I have 30 years of no Big Boy that yeah. I have to catch up on while I'm here. <laughs> I want the Big Boy par- chicken parm. I want yep. the Big Boy lasagna. I want to, like, for whatever reason, because, uh, you know, you grew up as part of my childhood was the Abdow's it's Big been, Boy. It's been so long since I've been with Big Boy. I even forgot what well, was on the me menu. Tell you, if you ever find yourself near Cincinnati, you go to one of the Big Boys there. And as soon as that that ice cold coke comes out with that crushed ice, you remember there was like I that. I do. Oh, as soon as it comes out, you're just tri- you're teleported back to your youth, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna stay there, and you're gonna eat there every single time. <laughs> Cincinnati.
people are like, you should try this restaurant. It's really great. I'm like, uh, no, big boy. Yeah, big, <laughs> big boy. Listen, I, I know this is like there's 9,000 you know, Michelin star restaurants in town. Yeah. But have you been to the big boy? Well, that's, my family actually in Maysville, Kentucky, which is not too far from there, has a restaurant. They're distant family, but it's a Caproni family restaurant. George Clooney's favorite restaurant on the planet. He talks really? about it at length in interviews and everything else. It is supposedly amazing, and it's got some old family recipes and everything. I was maybe an hour away, and everyone's like, "You're gonna like all my distant cousins that are on Facebook. Are you gonna go to the restaurant? Are you gonna?" I was like, "I'd love to, but big boy." <laughs> <laughs> I would love to, but I really need to hear my order called into that microphone at the cash register. Because <laughs> I'm a classy guy. <laughs> it's 724 with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. G- Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 730 and John Lennon with Bax and Nagel with Marty Caproni on Rock 102. Happy to be here. Yeah, or, you know, actually, the the conversation we've been having for like the last seven minutes is actually better than we've done all morning. But uh, no, I am I'm so glad you're here because uh, you know uh, today, tomorrow, and I, apparently uh, later this month, Steve's going to take a whole week off. Oh, all so right, it's going to be well, you and me. We're going to tear things up. All right, we're going to break this whole place uh, down. I enjoy it. I enjoy when I'm in here. Uh, with both of you guys, I enjoy when I'm in here uh, sitting in this uh, chair. All right, after almost two hours now. Yeah. Who was who was more fun, hanging out with me or hanging oh, out with Steve? Kind of like going like the, that, the, the pizza th- argument we had last a few minutes ago. You're putting me on the spot because I love Nagel. <laughs> I do, but I'm having a lot of fun. See, that's what I'm getting at. I am having a lot of fun. You know, it's two different things. I'll tell you why. Nagel and I have known each other forever. I feel like you and I have known each other, but not really. Uh, we haven't. Personal. We haven't. We Hung haven't out. spent a lot of time together. Right. Yeah. Um, but Nagel, I have that. And then with you. It's a little new. It's like a first date. You know, I'm learning about you. You're yeah. learning about me. I'm really anxious to find out about, you know, what your likes are, what your dislikes <laughs> are. Long walks in the park. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. If I got a chance with you. you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, play your cards right. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm easy, but I'm kind of easy. Uh, no, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, no, it's two different things, but I, I enjoy it. Now, I met you also about 15 years ago, and I don't know if you remember this, but I talked about it with Nagel uh, before. Um, one of my first big breaks in comedy was doing the Rock 102 stand-up comedy competition. At Theodore's. At Theodore's. I do remember that. Everyone was bombing. There was like 30 comics on the show. Yep. And I, I remember it because I thought you know, of of everybody who was there. And then, I mean, there was a, you know, a couple people that were pretty good. Yeah. But I thought of everybody who was there, the one that with the most natural ability was you. Oh, thanks. I, and I, I'm not just saying that to because you're in front of me. <laughs> no, no. But I'm saying, I'm, I, well, no, I would say that to anybody if they were in front of me. You're, but you're but saying but it more because everyone else was awful. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was, uh, the, I still remember that. And I, I you know, the, the, the thing I remember most about that was, uh, it was you and John yep. and Nagel all sitting there judging. And I did not play to the crowd. I was only playing to you guys to see if I could get you guys laughing because you were judges, so you were trying not to like laugh too much. And I just remember <laughs> once I busted you guys up, I remember John turning red, you turning red, and I was like, oh, I'm having fun. I don't even care if the crowd likes me or doesn't like me, you know? And, uh, and, and I ended up winning, and then I won it the second year. And yeah. then... Uh, Cindy from uh, City Stage is like, do me a favor and just give me some names for next year and don't enter. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me pr- pull the, the the curtain back. Yeah, we weren't trying 
not to laugh. Yeah, <laughs> it was just it was that just bad. it was just a it was just a, a symptom of 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 a, of a larger disease. <laughs> it was that bad. <laughs> well, it, also in fairness, it was like on like a Wednesday night or it was like an off night, and it was uh, at Theodore's, and it was just like half the people in there were like. Where's the where's the blues? Where's the, where's it the says burnt ends? Booze barbecue and blues, <laughs> not booze barbecue and open mic comedy. Uh, so it was uh, yeah. it was not the the best situation to be in. But uh, no, but I definitely remember it. Yeah, and that was a big thing. I remember I won the opportunity to open for Wendy Liebman at City Stage. Oh right, yeah. And I remember still to this day one of my favorite things, and I I say it to the new kids, um, Tim, the kid that I was talking about before, Tim Aldrich, when I had him at Loft, he was like. The first time you ever did stand-up, I told him, I said, don't worry about the time. It doesn't have to be five minutes. If you're two minutes short or you're two couple minutes late, you know, late, don't worry about it. Because I don't want people in their head. I think he was on stage for a good, like, 17 minutes. To the point, wow. To the point that, like, I was sending Brian Plum, the host, up to the stage. And we were lighting him. And t- Tim just kept going. And I go, Brian, just go stand on the damn stage. Stand on the actual <laughs> stage. So Brian went up and stood on the stage. The crowd starts laughing. Tim's like, I'm killing. But the- they were laughing because they were, they were watching his light like crazy. And everything. He was doing great, you know what I mean? That's great. Um, but uh, so the thing that I always remember was I was there with Wendy Lehman, and I said, hey, Wendy, I said, can I ask you some advice? And she said, what? And I said, you know, I've been doing these jokes, and, that you know, they won me the competition so I could be here to open for you, but I've been doing these jokes for like nine months now since I started. And she goes, oh, I get it. She's like, I mean, I totally understand. I could see how that would be so taxing. It, I mean, that it's like me with these jokes, you know. I've only been doing them for 29 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, That's oh. an important lesson. I was like, yeah, do the jokes at work. I got it. <laughs> we got news coming up next The Rock 102. Does credit card debt have you worried? It's time to spring into action. 7.38 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Naples Home Buyers. They buy homes as is and offer solutions to any problems. Naples home buyers. It's time for news, and here's me. For the first time in uh, U.S. history, a former president surrendered to law enforcement and was placed under arrest. Guess who I'm talking about? Uh, in an indictment unsealed Tuesday by New York prosecutor Alvin Bragg, former president Donald Trump has been charged with 34 felony counts for falsifying business records through a catch-and-kill scheme designed to conceal damaging information and unlawful activity before the 2016 election. Trump appeared before uh, Judge Juan Merchant, pleaded not guilty each of the counts. Uh, the crux of the case centers on $130 in hush money in uh, hush money payments that uh, Trump's then-fixer Michael Cohen made to adult film star Stormy Daniels. Prosecutors also outlined a $30,000 payment to a former Trump Tower doorman who claims to, uh, had a, that he had a story about a child that Trump had out of wedlock. And they also referred to a separate $150,000 payment to former Playboy model Karen McDougal to silence her about an alleged affair prior to the 2016 election. Prosecutors say the two payments uh, were facilitated by uh, American Media Incorporated, which owns the National Enquirer. Oh, well. Yeah, there you go. You know, I mean, uh, what are you going to do? A lot of people think this is going to put him in jail for up to 130 years. Uh, He's not going to jail for (laughs) 130 years. That's the thing, and I say this as somebody who's pretty much apolitical. I don't really care anymore uh, of politics either way, but I have friends that think he's definitely going to jail, blah, 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 and I'm like, you forget that he was the president, and when you're the president, they bring you into that room after you're sworn in, and they're like, hey, what are the uh, nation's secrets, you know? And the, most presidents probably don't ask, but you know he got in there and he's like, 
Are there aliens? Right off the <laughs> right off the rip. And they were probably like, yeah, I guess we got to tell him, right? Yeah, right. So you think that the, knowing all the nation's secrets, he's just going to go to jail? Like, he's going he's gonna to hint around. They're going to be like, well, you're convicted. He's like, this is all foreign to me. This is uh, yeah. alien, if you will. And they're like, all right, we're going to let him off. <laughs> you know? Well, I'm sure, the, you know, I'm sure some people will say, well, you know, a, a former president would never divulge national security secrets. Yeah. Actually, if there was one guy that might. Uh, <laughs> could be. This could be it. Could be. He's got a very, very thin filter. Yeah. Well, and again, this is like one of those things where you're not being political saying it, but the the guy doesn't really, he doesn't answer, I think, to almost anybody ever in his life, right? No, so, I don't, I don't so think so. So I feel like, you know... Uh, there's no sense of like, well, listen, you're going to put the country first. Don't tell everybody where all the aliens are. <laughs> I know I mean, there's I, aliens. Yeah, I, I know they're you, in East Hampton. I know you know. <laughs> right. But you don't have to let everybody right. know. Right. Uh, Massachusetts, uh, Massachusetts judicial leaders are in uh, no uncertain terms uh, yesterday uh, demanding that a new courthouse in Springfield be built to replace the Roderick Island Courthouse, whose uh, infrastructure has been long in the spotlight. According to a trial court administrator, uh, Thomas Ambrosino, uh, he told uh, lawmakers during a budget hearing that uh, we are clear in our position. We want a brand new courthouse in the city. Uh, it's about time. Uh, apparently, the, the governor is on board. She would like to see a new building. And, uh, you know, this is a facility in which people have gotten gravely ill. And, uh, you know, including some people who have been sitting in the same office and, uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, time that uh, you can't just paint over it. You can't just buy a couple of... Uh, Call the Property Brothers to come in and flip this courthouse? I don't believe the Property <laughs> Brothers are coming in. <laughs> I don't believe I don't believe uh, the Gaineses are coming in to switch things around. And I don't believe you can buy enough kills at Rocky's Ace Hardware to, to get rid of all the mold that's been growing in for years in that place. I, I just don't like the look of it. Uh, if you ever look at it, it looks like a super villain, uh, like a super villain's uh, lair. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like that '70s architecture with yep. like three windows, and then everything else is like stone and weird. But, I had to, I had to go in there last summer, yep. uh, for, you know, for something. I had to sure. you know, fill out some paperwork, and you know, and, you know, I haven't been in the courthouse in the, a damn good long time, yeah. and there are reasons why I don't want to keep going back, but. Um, <laughs> As I'm walking around and just you know looking all over the place for you know you know big spots of black mold uh, yeah. entering into my lungs, I thought, can you imagine working here every day, knowing Look that this it. place could possibly be killing you on, on you know deep inside your body? And I thought these people deserve a hell of a lot more than this. I mean, to be fair, I think anyone who's ever worked in an office for an extended period of time is like. Is this thing killing me <laughs> every day? If I have to listen to Jim in accounting one more time, <laughs> this is slowly. Oh, black mold! Yeah. Sweet black mold, come take me away. <laughs> what I would, what I wouldn't do for some poison toxins entering into my lungs. But you know, I saw the plan, and I don't know if it's still the same plan. But this is what happens at the state. Now, I do agree we need a new courthouse because, uh, in fact, probably more than any city in the state, because we seem to have more criminals. Well, actually, uh, <laughs> the uh, the the uh, the courthouse is the busiest courthouse in the state. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I do too. Hardly, because I've driven around Springfield, but because we have a lot of pe people doing a lot of bad, bad, bad things. things in Western Mass. I think two things. I think uh, the first thing is they build a new courthouse. I think that uh, maybe, just maybe. Um, the judges should also tie that to having to impose actual sentences on people who commit crimes, not like 
all right, it was murder. You get out in three years. You know what I mean? Like that's like if you're gonna spend if we're gonna spend the tax money on yeah, the, right. on the courthouse, at least can we put some of these people in jail that are trying to break into your house? Marty, you know? be realistic. We can only do one thing at a time. Right. What do you what do you want? Do you want justice or do you want a new building? <laughs> right. You well, can't cause you can't have both. And then the other thing is I saw a plan for the courthouse, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it was a courthouse and then it somehow had a marina. Uh, attached uh, to yes. this project. Yeah, they were talking about the, yeah. putting it on the riverfront. Yeah, Mayor Dom Dom was like, "I want boats." Yeah, <laughs> that's to do Steve's bit. But yeah, it's good. I want some boats. Uh, uh, not not taking into account that uh, your marina is going to be across from Bondi's Island. So yeah, but you know, you know uh, but but something needs to be done. And I, and I sure. don't know if it's it, 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 the the. The environmental problem is in the ground or where right. it's coming from, but clearly this is a this is a dangerous building, right? Well, and and it needs to, and it needs to be redone. I'm going to make a prediction right here. Uh, they're going to say the courthouse is going to cost whatever it's going to cost. We'll make up a number, a hundred million dollars. Yeah, and it will end up costing double of that because they're going to be like, we didn't realize how close we were to the river. We've got to drive these piles so hard, and they're going to be like, we, "No one could have foreseen this." Yeah. Well, the the problem with uh, with building it is, is that it will be built in the state of Massachusetts. Yes. So of course it's yeah. not going to be on budget or on time. No, not even close. That's in fact they might as well write that into the right. uh, into the contract. What exactly do you want this done? Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll get that done right away. Well, it's funny. I used to always make jokes. One of them I got in trouble with. I was doing a, filling in on a different morning show, and I made a joke about how they changed the MGM original plan at the last minute right. to the plan they have now. Now, I will qualify this and say the new MGM casino I think is beautiful. It's a beautiful facility, beautiful building. But the joke I made at the time is like it went from a di- giant skyscraper to a steel butler building with three slot machines and four Ukrainian homes. <laughs> I got in a lot of trouble for that yeah, joke. That's, was, not, that's not what happened. And that is not what happened. But it was the joke that I made at the time. Uh, but I talked to the gentleman who actually was responsible for the project, and he filled me in on it because he had heard. And he said, no, we the cost, because we were so close to the river, to build it up and make that skyscraper would have been like $300 million more because the ground is is so close to Saturated, the river water. Yeah. Right. Um, that makes sense. Right, right. So... I feel like the courthouse is even closer to the river than that, so that would be a thing. I did, and I should apologize to Western Mass for this. At the time, uh, they had a thing on Facebook where you can make a fake news article. I did make a news article. They that, still do. <laughs> yes, well, I made a news article that the new casino is going to build uh, at the resort destination of Bondi's Island and that they were going to make a, a, a beach there and everything else. I didn't expect it to go uh, viral, but yeah. it totally did. <laughs> and people were commenting, you can't put this on Bonnie's Island. No one's going to swim at the beach at Bonnie's Island. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> that was me. Sorry, my bad. That's uh, okay. That's why I like that idea. But, you know, it's a, there's something, I don't know. I, I, if it comes down, I want to be there for it. Yeah, because I because there have been a couple of uh, times when when buildings have come down in Springfield that I never got a chance to see, like when the yeah. Hotel Charles was oh yeah was my, talked about being knocked down. My father knocked that down. Really? Yeah. Because we asked uh, Mike Albano at the time if we could be the ones to press the button, yeah, <laughs> to implode it, and and you know it, it, it didn't turn out that way. But uh, you know, just a couple months ago, we were at the uh, the Thunderbirds office, yeah, uh, taking uh, taking pictures, and. Uh, I just felt like, man, this would be so cool to head up, uh, put out some lawn chairs on this oh. little esplanade and, and watch 
and watch that god awful parking garage come down. What a satisfying position that was. Ugh. Well, that was a thing of beauty to watch that thing get destroyed. I mean, I feel like uh, most people agree that the more things that we tear down in Springfield and put shiny new things, the better for everybody. It's <laughs> true. Um, I remember, do you remember Tom Shea? He used to write all those personal yeah, interest articles. My father, in the strangest thing, my father was a union crane operator, a local 98 crane operator, but he was very good at what he did. And they had him knocking down. I don't know if that was the Hotel Charles or a different building, but he was knocking it down. And Tom Shea used to watch the people on their lunch break would watch my dad swinging the wrecking ball into the building and everything. Yeah. And the people were like, this is like, it's like beautiful. It's like art to watch the way he swings that ball. And he did a piece on my dad called uh, King of the Crane was the title of the piece. It was front page of the Union News and everything. And uh, my father had quite the complex for like a good year. It was like, you're talking to the king of the crane. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dad, can I tell you, ah, you're talking to the king of the crane. I don't know if I'm available right now. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like telling you like a, like a circus juggler, became, I'm the boss of the bulls. Yeah, yeah, he became like the, uh, he became a, uh, a celebrity in his own mind. Uh, <laughs> but I would love to see that thing yeah. knocked down. And I do feel like the people that work there do deserve a, a better building. There's you know so... I mean? There's so much activity that goes on there yeah. day after day that you, you you can't help but think that with with all the problems of uh, of the mold and filth that what they've done over like the last two years just to repaint it and cover it it's like you know it's putting a bandaid in a gaping head wound you, you, it it doesn't solve anything. Well, while I sat here, I just came up with an idea to help defray the cost of oh. the building. Bake sale. Hear me out. <laughs> Hear me out. Okay. MGM has been a great party partner for the city of Springfield. Am I right? That's true. Yeah. We partner up for MGM with the new courthouse. Okay. And when people are convicted, they spin a wheel <laughs> with their sense. Yeah. Just see, uh, this was an armed robbery. Tick, 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 it's <laughs> a great idea. It's going to be... Uh, just spitballing, just spitballing. It's going to be cloudy today, a slight chance of a shower, a high of 51 tomorrow, cloudy, and a high of 74 with uh, with afternoon rain. It's currally 52 degrees on Rock 102. Getting a... T- it's... Uh, yeah, there's a radio show going on. It's 754 <laughs> with uh, Bax and Nagel on Rock 102 with Marty Caproni. Uh, next hour, we're going to talk about how to change the entire city. All right. By yeah, time, I mean. time we finally get to the bottom of it, what we're going to do to make this place a better place to be. We're taking the radio show that we're having in between the radio show and putting it on the air. Yeah, and applying <laughs> it to, to, to it's like a, a real-time benefit for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we've never done before. 28 yeah. years. We've never done a single thing that helped anybody. Maybe next hour. <laughs> we'll try something new for a change. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, just uh, real quick, uh, make sure you uh, stop by. The Loft Comedy oh, Club, yeah, View Street and Chickabee. I mean, it is one of the reasons you're often here. It is, uh, <laughs> it is, it's, it's how I came here in the first place. Uh, yeah, this Thursday, uh, come to Loft Comedy Club. Uh, $20 at the door, uh, Get or on my Venmo if you find it, uh, will get you um, a ticket to the show and dinner. And this uh, tonight, like I said, opening for me, other than some fantastic uh, comedians, will be uh, dinner, roasted chicken, <laughs> Italian roasted potatoes. Oh, good. I, and, lo- I love a good celebrity roast. And buttered corn. Uh, Perfect. But it's a great night. It's a great night out. You come in, 20 bucks. You get your you get your meal. Why bother sitting at home cooking? 
you can you come in seven o'clock doors. The food's out by seven twenty. The show starts right at eight. You, you, the show's done by nine thirty. You could be home in bed by ten and have a good time and have some laughs. Everyone always asks us too, what's the catch? Is there drink minimums? Is there this? There's no drink minimums, whatever. But you're gonna have a good time. You're probably gonna have a few beers. Uh, right. I was just gonna tell you. But um, but honestly. Um, anyone who wants to come out, it'd be great to uh, great to have them this Thursday and it, this weekend. Shane Moss and upcoming shows that we already talked about. And Shane's great. Shane's fantastic. And then next week we have Josh Potter, who's on Tom Segura's podcast, uh, Your Mom's House. It's called. Um, Tom, uh, so Josh Potter will be there next weekend, and we have some real fantastic stuff coming up. Michael Rappaport, Mary Lynn Rajkeb, um Emo Phillips. Emo Phillips? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to go to the website for details, loftcomedyclub.com. You won't see the showcase there probably, but, um, but please come on Thursday. It's uh, 756 with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware with Scott's Four Step, Four Easy Steps to an Awesome Lawn. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? And some of you might know, tomorrow is the opening round of the Masters Championship at Augusta, Georgia. Are you kidding me? Everybody's crazy about the Masters. Perhaps not crazy enough to rip down streetlights and set things on fire like a bunch of drunken UConn students, but crazy enough. How crazy? Plenty crazy. Do you realize that there are people alive in this country who are under the delusional impression that in spite of a full field of youthful and talented young professional golfers that Tiger Woods has a snowball's chance in hell of winning this thing again? Well, he doesn't. But you wouldn't know that if you followed the guy around for uh, five or six minutes while he's being badgered with a bunch of cockamamie questions from the press. Yesterday during a press conference, Tiger Woods entertained a bunch of nonsense from reporters who asked him about his chances of winning. And according to Tiger, quote, I don't know how many more of these I have in me. Folks, the man has shown up to the Masters 25 times. He's 47 years old. His body is in shambles. He's already won the thing five damn times. I'm almost 10 years older than the guy. I'm not sure how much I've got left in me. I can tell you what I don't have, a desire to walk around in a green jacket. Six of them. The truth is that jacket wasn't much to look at when Tiger was still in his 20s, and he ain't filling it out any better today. When I was 20, I owned a pair of parachute pants that I got from the Chess King. How many did I have? I had one, and I stopped wearing it because I looked stupid in it. Do you really think that a 47-year-old man with shattered knees and a fused-up spine wants to wear another green jacket in his lifetime? Of course not. What the guy really needs to wear is a medical alert bracelet and a seatbelt. That way, when he crashes his car into another mailbox, he won't have to use one of his five green jackets to bandage up the wounds. I think what I'm trying to tell you is, if Tiger makes the cut, that might be good enough, because he's certainly not going to want to win the thing. But hey, enough of my yappin'. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Got a spring painting project? Rocky's got paint advisors in every store. They got an eye for color. They share tips and tricks and advice. And you're not always on your own if you're at Rocky's. Plus, Benjamin Moore paints, cabbage stains. You got paint? See the paint advisors at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Spring... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.09 and Rush with Bax and Nagel at Rock 102 with Marty Caproni filling in for Steve, who's going to be off today and uh, and also tomorrow back on Friday. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you here. 
And I mean that. I, I mean, I'm not, no, I'm not saying it to it. yank your chain. I'll yank your chain and other things, but uh, <laughs> but not this one. Actually, uh, I'm, I'm glad you're here. It's been a uh, lot of fun today. I, it's a lot of fun. Even the show between the show is fun. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Uh, we were talking earlier about uh, the story that I did in news. The uh, Massachusetts judicial leaders uh, are now saying uh, that they want a new courthouse in Springfield. It's time to, to knock down that that god awful uh, courthouse with the uh, with the black mold and the backup of raw sewage coming out of the uh, out of the uh, the plumbing. It's it's maybe time to knock it down and get a new one yes. because it's the busiest courthouse in the entire state. And everybody else got a new courthouse. Do we have a new courthouse? No, we do not have a new courthouse. We have one that's making people sick. Yes, and it's time to start looking at the city seriously and realize that there are needs here that are very very important. And that got us talking. And being that we are two, I mean, I don't want to put you in the same category as me, but self-admitted uh, idiots, right? Well, oh, I know. Uh, you went to Marquette, which is probably a better school than Franklin Pierce College, where I went. But, well, don't, uh, don't, don't kid yourself. I mean, the, the, there's obviously a problem in admissions that allowed me <laughs> into that school. Well, at Franklin Pierce, they had rolling admissions. They didn't even have a deadline. They were like, just send in the app whenever you want. No no app fee, nothing. <laughs> like, send it. We're real casual here. Uh but that got us talking. Neither of us have degrees in urban planning or anything else. But right. uh, you were bringing up the courthouse thing and how people were getting sick and, and cancer and everything else. And I brought up something to you, and that got us talking, right? I mean, well, I don't. Well, I, you, I, I vaguely remember this, and and it's like uh, or hearing about it. Yes. So uh, you know, Bax was saying, I don't want to steal your thunder, but your idea. You said this is crazy. You said, but uh, I don't think anyone else has ever even thought of it, but. Uh, maybe they should take that the aqueduct, the uh, the the thing that goes on ninety one that you're driving in your car, where the dun 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 dun, dun, dun yeah, um, and put that underground. Uh, I you know I I mentioned it before. You know, rather than spend all the money for something that you're going to have to replace anyway, because I've already talked about this is you know largely right. temporary. You put it underground. You have all this available developable space between Columbus Avenue. And the riverfront, it would completely transform not just the city, but the entire region. There'd be so much that could be done with that stretch of land. And I said that was something that I wholeheartedly agreed with, and that one of the reasons when I would talk to people about it, that then they all had the same reaction that you did. They were like, I kind of remember that. I said, everyone assumes that everyone's just getting sick because of the courthouse. I said, another reason to tear down that aqueduct is uh, some people might remember uh, back years and years ago, a tractor-trailer truck full of spent uranium fuel rods spilled all over the highway on that aqueduct. You can't tell me that it's probably not still irradiated in some form or another, right, number one? It's it's possible. Right. So to me, I looked at it and said, all the stars are aligned for a reason for you to put that underground. If you did, you would now open up, as you had said, the riverfront. Yeah. You, I mean, you could put condos, you could put entertainment centers up there, yeah. your restaurants, all kinds of things that would, I mean, you think about like just, just the, the, what you'd get in property taxes alone would be the most valuable piece of property in the entire region. And every city in this country, basically every major city usually, the, they all share in common that they're on the water, most of them, you know, they always have a waterfront. Uh, some have maximized that and some have done what we've done and- somehow put a border, a, 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 a barrier between their waterfront and their city, which right. is a huge mistake. 
and you talked about Baltimore. They corrected it with their Inner Harbor renovations. Providence is another one that Providence, that, the, that part of the city, was built on top of the right. of the of the water on, on the river, and they opened it up. Yeah, and then you look at like a city like Cleveland. They have that River Walk, which is the same type of thing. I think it's like an entertainment district, but also some mixed use residential um, stuff there and everything. I feel like that makes all the sense in the world to do in Springfield. And I feel like if there's ever been a time in our lifetime that the stars have aligned for this to happen, it's right now because think about it. We got Richie Neal. Yep. Our guy. He's the congressman for the area, right? He is uh, wherever you fall politically, you can't deny that he is one of the most powerful men in the country, right? Without a doubt. He's always been very good at bringing the bacon home to Western Massachusetts, right? As they say. Uh, he's chair of the Ways and Means. You you have a Congress and a president that are pushing for roads and bridges bill right yep. now, so, which is going to have trillions of dollars in it. If there's ever been a time to replace that thing, it's now. And, you know, Boston had a big dig. Why don't we have our own little tiny little uh, Western Mastic? Well, the thing is, you know, if, if you had this situation in Boston, yep. if you had the situation in Worcester, this would have been done already. Sure. This would have been seen as a major... Uh, you know, civic project yep. that would, you know, help the whole region. But because it's in Western Mass and because we're the bastard son of the entire Commonwealth, <laughs> that, you know, it, it you know, there's, there's never been any serious discussion about what's really best right. for the city. There's an old story, and I, I believe it is true. I've been, I've been told uh, this story a couple of times by some, uh, some pretty reliable sources. So Buddy Cianci was the former mayor of, of Providence. Yes, he was. And, uh, I mean, he, he may not have been uh, uh, entirely on the up and up. Uh, but he is a Marquette graduate, so, you know. Did he? Yes, he did. Oh, oh you know, me, him, and and uh, and the uh, the Farley brothers are, uh, are oh, oh, really? all reasons to rejoice. Well, they, they love him in Providence still to this day. Whenever yeah. I play Providence, I always laugh and I tell them, you guys are crazy. You guys elected a mayor who then kidnapped somebody, put a cigarette out on their face. Yeah, and may or may not have committed a couple sexual assaults and, in college. And then got reelected. <laughs> again and again. Again and again. again. Um, but the story goes is that uh, Buddy was in town and uh, was driving on, the, uh, you know, on 91 and driving past the Memorial Bridge. And I don't know if he was if he was on the on ninety one yet or you know up on uh, you know Columbus Avenue trying to get there. But they drive past the Memorial Memorial Bridge. He tells his driver to stop, stop the car. He gets out and he looks at the Memorial Bridge and says, "Why in God's name is that bridge not the centerpiece of this city?" One hundred percent agree. Why it, it it is a beautiful architecturally breathtaking bridge that his been destroyed by putting a major interstate highway in in, in the way of the view of that bridge yep. from everything else downtown. Yep. And you think about it, and he's absolutely right. Why would they have done this? I mean, they basically have cut the city you know, down the middle and said, eh, eh, riverfront development, <laughs> what could that who, possibly who do? Who needs it? Who yeah. needs it? Well, and you know the old tale, and a lot of people don't know this, but I don't know how true it is, so I, I could be speaking out of turn, but the old tale of 91, if you're coming into Springfield, you know where the turn is in Longmeadow. Yeah. You may know it from every traffic report that's ever been done because there's always an accident at that turn. People have lost their lives and everything else. My mother, I asked her once, uh, rest in peace, Marion, uh, I asked her, I said, you know, why do they have this turn coming into the city? You can't see the city when you're coming in 
Uh, people are getting an accident left and right. It makes no sense. Why didn't it just straight line? And the old tale that she told me was when they were building the Interstate 91, the politicians all had a, a heads up as to where the highway was going to go. So they all got together and they bought land along that route. And they had purchased land thinking that the highway was going to go there. But when they finally surveyed it and they were going to put it, it was off by like, you know, whatever, the 300 yards or whatever it was. Right. And they said, no, <laughs> it's going to go where we bought the land. <laughs> and that is why there's a curve there. So Smart. Right. So God knows what else, you know, where that highway was going, why it's there or whatever. But it doesn't make sense anymore in today's day and age. Bury it under the city. Put a tunnel right there. Do almost like they did with a big dig. Put like a little bit of a park and then put some waterfront development, like yep. you said, residential entertainment. You already got the Hall of Fame there. You have a casino there. You can you can put off ramps off the tunnel to to, uh, to, to get into downtown or right. MGM or wherever. Right. You could you could make that area, that stretch, that half mile or whatever. You could make that area a centerpiece of a new city and a and I'll tell you. Worcester's already on a on a on a comeback. They're already in a bounce back, right? Mm-hmm. The next thing that's going to happen is they're going to end up putting rail out here to Western Mass. That's going to happen now. There's a vested interest to do it now where there wasn't before for a lot of factors. Some people can figure that out for themselves. Um, when they start doing that, there will be people that live in Boston that'll be like, "Yeah, I can take the train in every day. Fine." I'll live in Springfield in this beautiful apartment near yeah. near uh, on the waterfront. Why wouldn't you? You know, the uh, the the problem is is that I think we have in Springfield this inferiority complex. Like, well, that'll never happen here, or we don't deserve right. it, or right. you know, the city and the state are too crooked to uh, you know someone's uh, pockets are going to be uh, greased on something like that, sure. and you know whatever it is. There's, there's always somebody yeah. that's uh, you know kicking this idea into the into the teeth and 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 getting in the way of it but the reality is cities all across america when they're looking for urban renewal look for these kinds of projects exactly and this is the kind of thing where if you really think about what is at stake for springfield and the region has there is there any project anywhere in western mass that makes more sense than this i mean i realize you know uh you know the the entire region has been transformed with all those bike lanes we've put in uh and that's certainly helped everybody i mean who among us would not want to be uh you know riding a bicycle uh in that bicycle lane uh anywhere in the city of springfield i mean sure some kids uh ride their uh their bikes uh on wheelies in the middle of page boulevard but don't you think it'd be better uh, don't you feel a little bit safer knowing that the bike lanes are in? Yeah. I do. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. Uh, and the other thing, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything else, but I'm going to say this. It seems to me to make sense that if uh, uranium is spilt all over uh, a metal aqueduct like yeah. that, um, they're they're going to clean it up, quote unquote, and then open it up. They they know there's no other option. You have a major interstate. So they can't say, yeah, it's still irradiated. Drive real fast when you go through. You know what I mean? <laughs> and no one's probably gone up there with a Geiger counter to see if it if it does have a reading or doesn't have a reading. Um, but now what you have is a possibly irradiated aqueduct that's a, that's a sore, uh, you know, on the city. Uh, you have it's dilapidated beyond its useful life. 
You have a casino. You have a Hall of Fame. Where there's only one in the entire world. Right. Um, whether or not they have enough parking and they can't do the that's Mayflower anyone, Marathon. That's anyone's there. guess. That's anyone's guess. Uh, <laughs> not that we're still carrying a grudge No, there. no, no. Well, no you know, we're clearly over that. Yeah. But you could very foreseeably um, put, a, put a tunnel in there for um, highway and even for rail and and change the entire city. And yeah. you got a guy in office that literally is one of the most powerful men in the world that could probably that could make it happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to put that on poor Richie. He's probably nah, Richie's I don't want to like, sit oh, at his desk what, like, ah, what, oh, what are you guys what, doing? Come on. I mean, I'm, I'm looking to take a nap by 3 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. I'm an but, old man for crying aloud. But it seems to me that if the politicians in Boston really did care about Western Mass, they could put their money where their mouth is and they could make that happen. I think it's a lot of lip service. Yeah. To be honest, and I and I think a lot of us here, because of the inferiority complex, we don't push for that hard enough because I don't think a lot of people see yeah. the full value of it. But but if you went to any any other part of the country in which they're looking to transform a city, sure, you know, Portland, Maine went through a transformation years ago. Yep. You're right about Worcester. Worcester's gotten a lot of new stuff. If Boston needs a a new, uh, you know, a fifteenth convention center to build, guess what yeah. happens? They get a brand new convention right. center. You know, these kinds of things happen, and and look at look at why the big dig happened in Boston. It happened because Ted Kennedy, it was his vision to bring the Olympics to Boston. Right, that's still an achievable goal. Yeah, what better to do that when you know? For those of you who've ever been to the Olympics in a city, they they don't all happen within like a three city block. They happen within two hours of the venue or three hours of the venue. Well, now you have Worcester that you could have host events. And then if you had something on the waterfront in Springfield, who knows? You could have some water events right there. I yeah. mean, granted, you got Bondi's Island across the yeah, I mean, people kayak, the kayak race past Bondi's Island might not be the most appetizing thing. Well, but, either it's dropping canoes in the Charles. You know, that's <laughs> not appetizing that was either. was my next point that I was going to make. Um, every city has, you know, some some level of, uh, of uh, things that they, they have to deal with, but to me, this would make the most sense. I agreed with you 100% when you said it for all of those reasons. Yeah, I, I think it's an idea that's this this kind of languishing langu- languishing out there. And I and I know and I've had the discussion with some you know pretty powerful real estate people sure. in the area. You know, you know, you know, corporate real estate, the yeah. kind of the kind of people that actually could not a make doctor's those wife, things happen. Not you know? a doctor's wife who does real estate side part. And they agree with the concept too. But I think there's even a part of them that says, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But it ain't ever going to happen here because right. nothing that makes a lot of sense ever does. But it's going to have to happen at some point, whether it's a tunnel or not. They're going to have to do something because that thing is dilapidated yeah. and beyond its useful life. And I don't believe that putting it at street level is the answer. Not even I, close. I, I think that's, I think you're basically doing the same thing. You're just making w- it worse. Even, yeah. You know. So the only answer really is to go underground. We have the technology. They freeze the soil. They do the 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 machine that tunnels under. Do that. Open up the riverfront, and and turn it into something special. You know, I feel like we fixed Springfield right here, right this there. Morning. We did it right. We did it all in just a, a matter of like fifteen minutes. <laughs> That's it. The city's been around for three hundred years. It only took two idiots <laughs> on fifteen yeah. minutes to figure it all out. All Bax and I uh, require is uh, when uh, that happens is just for uh, Richie Neal to name it the uh, Mike Baxendale Tunnel. And, <laughs> and dude, I'll be lucky if I get a manhole named I, after I, me. I, and I'll, I, I would settle for an exit, the Caproni exit. <laughs> it's eight twenty-five with Bax and Nagel and Marty. Caproni at Rock 102. Hi, it's Hank from Tudor House Liquor. Get tinting today. 
big for Steve. I got to tell you, this show is really interrupting these great conversations we're having <laughs> off the air. <laughs> this the, radio thing is so inconvenient. <laughs> the show between the show. Yeah, it's actually. I mean, you'd be surprised how fascinating we've been. <laughs> To ourselves. We'll see how it goes with everybody else in Springfield now. <laughs> hey, uh, if you missed any part of uh, today's show, check out the Daily Podcast. It get posted after uh, 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, and also, check out Baxi's Musical Podcast. This week, my uh, my guest is guitarist uh, from uh, Queensryche, Michael Wilton. Uh, the band has got a, a brand new record out. They're going to be in Worcester at the Palladium this Friday. And uh, you'll be able to hear that on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts and rock102.com. Wow. You know, uh, they're moving up because the last time I did Worcester, I was opening for Vic DiBetetto. I did a place called Rascals. Yeah. It was like kind of a, it's a nice facility, but it's a bar. You know, it holds maybe 300 people. And they were like, oh, the, the guy tomorrow night is so-and-so, Michael something or whatever. It was the lead singer of Queensryche. And I had never even heard him. I said, people will show up for that? Oh, yeah. Jeff Tate. Jeff Tate, that's yeah, who it was. Right. Yeah, yeah. And people... Oh, yeah. Showed up. I mean, showed up and showed out for that. I was well, shocked. I mean, it's a band that sold 22 million records. I mean, it, it you know, it's The a, only it's thing a big I remembered band. from them, though, was the uh, Silent Lucidity. That was the only I, song I ever remembered from them. One of the, one of the things they, that I mentioned in the interview in is is, uh, is I don't think I've ever done a bigger 180 on a band in my life than, than Queensryche. This, years ago, they, uh, they were appearing in Milwaukee. It's working for a radio station where if there were unclaimed tickets to a show... Those yep. tickets would be offered to staff. So I want I want up going to like shows I would never think yeah. about going to, and it's not like I had anything against Queensrÿche. It's just like, okay, there's they're yeah. a band we play. It's fine, and I went. The show was fantastic. I mean, it was truly one of the best stadium shows I've I've ever seen, and that show was one of three shows that was videotaped and recorded for a box set. Oh wow! With uh, called Operation Live Crime, where they performed the, Operation yes, Mind Crime yeah, yeah. in their in their entirety, and I was at one of those shows. Oh, there was cool. one in Madison, uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin, and, and Milwaukee, and uh, so that whole video, that whole live album, was part is was one of those shows. That, so we so me and uh, and Michael Wilton talked about that. Well, the other thing about him, and I I, I didn't I'm not familiar with him, but uh, as a guy who played a little guitar. Um, the riff for Silent Lucidity, the song I referenced, one of my favorite all-time riffs because you could be playing guitar for people and be like, I really want my beer, and then just with one hand, pluck your A <laughs> string, play the high E, B, and G string with your uh, finger-picking the other hand, and just drink a beer with your hand that normally would be on the neck of the guitar. Oh, that's the best part. That's why. That, that's why. Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news, and it is brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai, uh, go to Gary Rome today and get 0% financing on select models. Uh, let me see here. News, huh? Uh, <laughs> a much-anticipated East Hampton school board meeting on Tuesday ended before it even started. More than 300 people tried to join the virtually uh, the entire virtual meeting uh, of the school committee on Zoom, and more tried to tune in on the East Hampton media live stream. That is until the website crashed. Presumably because too many visitors were trying to get into the uh, the meeting. Several members of the uh, public shot at insults at members of the school committee as they tried to figure out how to accommodate the large turnout, presumably drawn by the recent hiring of a superintendent, Dr. Vito Perone, which was then rescinded the following week. Whole story started when Dr. Perone, by his own account, had a job offer, uh, and uh, which was revoked after he addressed two women in an email using the term ladies, which he said was taken as a microaggression. 
Several times during last night's meeting, school officials were cut off as members of the public were unmuted and demanded the meeting allow uh, the meeting allow more people to join, even as the uh, capacity limit was reached on the Zoom. Uh, Mayor Nicole LaChapelle likened the situation to one that arises in in-person meetings at City Hall where fire codes restrict the chambers to fewer than 100 people. In those instances, people are asked to leave as the meeting can resume. But after uh, consulting the city's attorney, LaChapelle said the meeting would have to be called off under new regulations set forth by the state's attorney general for virtual and hybrid meetings. You can only have so many people. This is a story we've been talking about all week long. This guy applies. He writes an email and addresses the email by saying, uh, uh, hello, ladies, or good evening, ladies. And for that, uh, he is clearly uh, microaggressing all over the place. I, and, you know, my take is uh, he's an Italian guy who's got a doctorate, so he's probably older. I, <laughs> ladies is about as great as I could expect. I, he didn't huh? go, hey, you cuckoo broads. Uh, their, <laughs> their skirts. <laughs> Hey, you and Susie Q over there, you know, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he just said lady. And when you go to a sporting event or you go to anything else, when you go to a NASCAR event, ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. They don't go, <laughs> <laughs> they don't, what, what are we going to do? Are we going to be sitting there and NASCAR is now going to be like, uh, persons and all persons, them, they, they're them. And just goes through all the pronouns. Start your engines. I, I think Steve had the, uh, the line of the week when he said, this would never have happened. Had a man been in charge. <laughs> That's I mean, you know, this guy, he's got a he's got a lawsuit that he can uh, he can file on this one because the guy's the job was his. Yeah. And they took it away. Now, he apparently, from what I understand, still wants the job. And there are still two other candidates that that applied that didn't get it. And Perone was was hired. Can you imagine this guy, uh, you know, all of a sudden taking the taking the job back if they offer it to him, yeah. and having to work with these people to just you know publicly embarrass themselves over him. Yeah, I, I can't even. I mean, talk about setting yourself up for an automatic bad situation. Well, because you know how how long if if they got that far down the ladder of looking for things to find a reason to not give you the job, how long is it going to be before they drum you out of town so they can put their buddy in that job? It's the highest paying job probably yeah. in the in the, in the city. And that's that's what you're gonna get. Well, not that I, n- not to necessarily say that nepotism would happen in this situation, no. but but Dr. Perone had been uh, he'd been a principal in East Hampton. Right. The guy had the guy knows the he's, he knows the, the the school system. Right, he's earned his stripes. Um, I just think it's one of those things. Like I said too, it's just it, it's emblematic of the fact that we're back from the pandemic. You know, people are now back to arguing over stupid stuff. And no one, you know, no one has to worry about getting toilet paper anymore. So now we can we can nitpick. The the problem is you're going to have some people, sure, that don't see this as a nonsensical argument. There there, there will be some people, including is, the people that that are involved in it now, who say, well, no, no, no. I mean, it's a it's a microaggression, but you know, it's part of a more systemic patriarchal uh, system in which but, uh, you know men are dismissive of women, which is not exactly what he did here at all. But is that? Is that by definition also a microaggression? I would make an maybe a macroaggression to take away someone's livelihood and how they put food on the family, uh, food on the table for their family. Yeah, because they used a word that you died, you decided that you didn't approve. Now, listen, there are words, and I always say this when I'm on stage: there are words, and they only have the power you you give to them. 
Um, if that gentleman uh, used the word that upset people, okay, they're entitled to be upset about it. I don't think you're entitled to take somebody's job for that word. You know what I mean? It's not, 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 he said ladies. Not once you've offered him the job. I mean, you could choose right. not to, to, not to, to offer the job. 100% agreed. 100% Absolutely. Agreed. But then to, then to take it back for something that doesn't, you know... <laughs> You know, it's it's not like you're he's being fired because of cause. The guy is basically it's been taken back because of something that is seemingly innocuous. If you found out the guy had uh you, know, you had a criminal background, yeah, that's one thing. You find out he was you know he phonied up his resume, that's another thing. But that's not what happened. But it's a sliding scale. I, I believe me, the comedian in me wants to make this great joke right now. Uh, Can't okay. The joke would be, and I will just say it this way, and you can fill in the blanks. It would be, what do they used to say when you gave somebody something and then took it back from them? Well, I'm not aware of that term. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> something in, uh, indigenous. But yeah, something, point, right. Exactly. My, well, what are you trying to do, offend people? But, but my point is, my point is, you, you, you the words and, and standards of words are constantly changing or whatever. If you're saying that this guy used the word and it was hurtful, then how about using the moment to educate him, not publicly reprimand him? How about just say, hey, some people yeah. might not like that word, so if we could just uh, figure out another way to address people or whatever and move forward, we're going to be fine. But that's not reason enough to take the job away. Right. Or publicly tar and feather a gentleman who went to school to get a doctorate. You know how much work goes in? It's like nine years of college. Yeah. You know? I mean, it was hard enough for me to get through four of basically <laughs> a place that was summer camp and gave me a degree at the end it of it. It took me five and a half years <laughs> to get a bachelor's degree. <laughs> right. So... You got somebody, and they have a track record. They, they obviously they care about kids. They worked in a school. They did all the right things. Right, but you know, I I'm, I asked the question on Monday when we first talked about this story. Is like you know if if these are the kinds of things that the school committee is willing to blow out of proportion. Right. What does that say for what they're going to do to your kids' education? Sure. You know because I mean really, school committees make kind of ridiculous uh, demands on right. school systems all the time. And it can be based on any number of things. Sure. Uh, lawsuits or, you know, someone presents a new curriculum that, you know, teachers will say, no, that's not going to work for kids. Doesn't matter. School committee wants it. And now they they impose, you know, right. that, that policy on, on teachers and, and principals. So, and that happens quite a lot. You know, if, if they're going to make these kinds of decisions for really important things like hiring a new superintendent, you know, you think, well, you know, how much are they really focused in on the quality of the education or the education that people well, are paying, uh, you know, have the, elected them to, to create? That's the bigger point, too. Like I was going to say, let's say this guy used a word that you don't particularly care about or, or that, that upsets you as an adult and as a member of the school committee. Like you fail. Right. But let's say he is the best candidate. Yeah. Clearly, he was the best candidate because you awarded him the job. So you decided this guy is the best guy to help educate our children. You're like, but he said something I don't like as an adult, so let's take it away and put somebody else who who we wouldn't have normally put in that role. A uh, scary so, scene at a uh, Franklin County elementary school Tuesday after at least 10 kids were hospitalized due to a run-in with um, some very dangerous gum. Everyone knows you're not supposed to be chewing gum in class. <laughs> First responders from five communities were called to Dexter Park Elementary School in Orange yesterday to respond to a situation in which at least 10 students were hospitalized after one student brought extremely hot bubble gum to recess. Orange Fire Chief uh, James Young Jr. told Western Mass News the bubble gum is measured at 16 million Scoville units. Now, to give you an idea of how hot that is, jalapenos are listed at 2,500 to 5,000 Scoville <laughs> units. 
This is like putting like a nuclear bomb into a small yeah. kid's mouth. Yeah. And we both agreed that that kid probably will become a stand-up comedian, uh, very similar to stuff that you and I would have done. And I think that, uh, you know, while the kid was wrong in that, I think that it's really a question of technology. Like I said, <laughs> like, they couldn't have made a 16,000 or 16 million Scoville unit piece of gum when we were kids, but they had the spicy gum that was a yeah. practical joke. It would be akin to the hand buzzer now being lithium powered with 300 amps. <laughs> it's, it's, 16 million Scoville units yeah. can cause skin irritation as well as respiratory and, excuse me, airway inflammation, yeah. which I just had just now. Uh, but I was thinking, I was thinking, I was reminded of a story that, that, that happened. My, my brother-in-law, uh, is one of these guys that, that really likes like hot sauce, like, like real hot sauce. And in fact, looks at it somewhat as like a competitive event. There's like stores now that just sell hot sauce. Yes. Which is incredible to me that that's a business model that'll work in a mall, but apparently it does. So he, uh, they were having a, uh, a birthday party for my nephew. Okay. My nephew was like turning nine. And uh, my brother-in-law pulls out these wings. He said, yeah, just a brand new sauce. I'm trying to be wicked, wicked hot. And uh, so I'm there. He's there. And uh, a, a friend of ours is is there. And we all we all try one of these wings. He's like, and I'm like, okay, I don't really want to. Yeah. I don't really want to be a part of a competition. Right. You know, it's like, you know, it's like you know, we're adult men here. You know, aren't, yeah. aren't we old enough to be beyond this? So. I have the wing, and it's it's plenty hot, plenty yeah. hot, and uh, you know I'm sweating and not enjoyable, molting, and the uh, the other guy, uh, our friend, this is a guy who's like who's like six foot eight, but like yeah. you know four hundred pounds, big muscular yeah. uh, guy. He's like falling in the field position. He's he's in such pain. <laughs> All of a sudden, out of nowhere, my nephew comes running into the kitchen. Ooh, wings! Grabs one of these wings and chows uh. right into it. This poor kid was like, you know, yeah. he, he, I mean, he was, it was like someone had lopped off an arm. Yeah. He was oh, in like yeah. that much pain. Apparently, uh, this sauce is supposed to be diluted with water before you put it on oh, anything. God. So it's like a double concentrated hot sauce. Oh, God. So that's kind of like what this is. 16 yeah. million Scoville units. They, I don't want to say it could kill a person, but it it'll could. mess them up. It would, it would kill me. I, I, I am so sensitive to to hot food. I would I would be down for the count. They said that there were kids that touched the gum. Yeah, and ended up in in the hospital just just by just by getting it on their skin. The gum, yeah. Which also begs the question of you know you want to be mad at the kid, but wh- why not be mad at whoever's selling that publicly on the internet for crying out loud? It's something that apparently they got. You know what it is? It's probably, you know, the parent thought it would be hilarious to get like wicked hot, uh, wicked hot gum, <laughs> yeah. you know, and uh, and thought it would be a, a, a joke. And the kid finds it, says, I got to bring this to school. And then this is, this is such a great gag. I'm going to bring this to school. That, there, I, there was a story a while, a while ago where a kid brought in gummies to school, but they were THC gummies. And oh, the yeah. whole class ended up high. Um that's on the parents, right? You know what I mean? Like that one's definitely on the parents. I don't know. It depends what grade. Did they say what grade this kid is? Because it's uh, elementary school. Oh, all right. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're probably right. That's probably on the parents then. Yeah, I'm sure the elementary kids. Yeah, elementary no school kid is on, on Amazon yeah, with his say. credit card. No, no third graders hopping on Amazon, uh, firing away some 16 million Scoville unit uh, bubble gum. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and then if you have to choose, would you rather the edible gummies? Or the Scoville units, 
I think even as a kid, I would have taken the edible gummies. You know what I mean? I Yeah. I think that's a, a little easier to recover from. Yeah. They just then. put on some Grateful Dead in classes. <laughs> some Bob Marley. <laughs> Let you work. Let you work out your thoughts. Yeah, but you don't want to have a piece of bubble gum that's an incendiary device. Scalding. <laughs> there, there used to be a place called uh, Quickie's Wings. It was the and yeah. We talked about it. Quickie's yeah. had the best wings in Western Mass for my money, and um, they had a sauce called the DOA sauce. And I remember my brother uh, dared me, and he was like, "We used to. My parents used to leave us for the weekend back when that was acceptable, and they would leave us for the whole week, and my brother would be in charge. Four years older than me, and my brother was like." If you can eat this chicken wing and not drink any milk or anything for five minutes, I will leave you the whole house for the entire weekend. He was going away anyways. Right. But, you know, but one, you're young and stupid. But you don't I'm know young and stupid. I'm like, I'll do it. And I did it. But my lips were all blistered around my lips after <laughs> eating this thing. I was like, who does that? Who yeah. who orders like, hey, can I have the thing that makes my, my, my mouth blister? Yeah. You and, know? you know, uh, not for nothing, but the digestive uh, you know, process is a, is a powerful one. Yeah. And if you think it's hot going down, you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, yeah. And the older you get, that's what I was, uh, you know, I was saying to my friend, <laughs> the older you get, the more you have to think about food. When I was that age, I didn't even think, yeah, this is going to come out the other end. But then as you yeah. get older, you're like, everything I'm putting in my body could could absolutely ruin my next three yes. days trust nothing yeah trust nothing you put in your mouth yeah once you're in your 40s that idea of like let me just throw that cold pizza that's been sitting in there three days <laughs> let me just wolf that down at two in the morning drunk that that goes away yeah. after you make that mistake once or twice it doesn't smell spoiled yeah when your friend's like we have tickets to the patriots game do you want to go you're like i'm sorry i'm still on the toilet from <laughs> from, from, from wing night uh, yeah, from wing night uh from eating a, a three-day-old pizza on friday uh friday at three in the morning after i was drunk you you don't make that mistake much anymore it's know? gonna be cloudy today a chance of a shower uh maybe a high of 51 tonight cloudy and maybe some late night thunderstorms after midnight low of 42 tomorrow cloudy afternoon rain a high of 74 it's uh 52 degrees already on rock 102 Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.57 and Motley Crue with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102 with Marty Caproni. Fitting uh, fitting song there as a almost a tribute, if you will, to the uh, Gentleman's Club Mardi Gras. I uh, know. Huh? How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's, this is the only other place you're ever going to hear that song now, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to believe, but, uh, you know, that's closed yeah. and, 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 and shut. I mean, I've heard stories about, you know, that it may... Uh, have another life somewhere but i you know it's it you know it's been around for 50 years i can't 50 years. 50 years what do you think it looked like 50 years ago hello my baby hello my darling <laughs> like a true cabaret steve and i were talking can you imagine like having like a like a like a 50 year stripper reunion of the mardi gras <laughs> it's like the girls with the pointy madonna cones remember the madonna had the cones on there <laughs> hello my baby look at my boobies you know <laughs> <laughs> they got that Glenn Orchestra band cover yeah. uh, playing. Bunch of bunch of strippers, yeah. uh, you know, no longer sliding down the grass pole, but going up and down the bar in their walker. Let me tell you something, sweetheart. I was doing this when we all had body hair. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody even knew what a shaver was back then. Back in my day, I would shake it for just a bright, shiny new dime. I remember one time I was laying on the stage and somebody thought there was uh, it was dirty. They tried to sweep me into a dustbin. <laughs> I would love to have a, uh, a. I would love to know 
if any of the uh, the ladies 50 years ago are still around that would that would be that just, would be great just fun kicking around yeah <laughs> now it's someone's nana well that's another great idea you know when we have the ribbon cutting for our tunnel that we've solved for springfield we should invite <laughs> all the strippers from the inaugural mardi gras <laughs> we could they're all 75 <laughs> showing up in their wheelchair grandma bambi grandma coco <laughs> they're, in, they're, they're in the power the power the wheelchair with the power stick and they're like i still got the moves just back and forth <laughs> still got it still got it you way back tomorrow yeah uh, anytime you guys want i'm definitely so i'll be back tomorrow for sure that'll be great thank you yeah appreciate, thank you appreciate thank you, you coming man. in it's appreciate uh 859 it. on rock 102 let's go while we're young 